हेलो वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ़ द पाकिस्तान एक्सपीरियंस और मेरे लिए अगर आपको मेरे डार्क सर्कल्स नजर आ रहे हैं तो ये आधी रात को मुझे उठाया गया है बिकॉज़ द पर्सन डिडंट वांट टू वेक अप अर्ली आधी रात इट्स लाइक व्हाट व्हाट इज इट 10 पीएम देयर ओल्ड शाहना 10 पीएम फॉर मी इज एट दिस पॉइंट मिडनाइट ओके नंबर 1 हाउ ओल्ड आर यू बिकॉज़ वी आर देयर यू यू ब्रॉट इट अप आई एम टर्निंग 32 सून Bitch, I'm 32. Okay, if you're so, old, yeah, then what? So yeah, I'm about to turn 32, which is ancient. Huh. Okay, thanks. I can tell you that being in my 30s, nothing has been more freeing and liberating because I really just don't give a fuck anymore. What is the? What are the parameters? I know this is the Pakistan experience. There are no like, parameters. This is not the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. There, there are no parameters. You can okay. give as little fucks as you want. Awesome. But yeah, no, it's true. Ever since I turned 30, I just feel like you know, they say that 30 is like the new 20 and I think that's just a way of us pacifying ourselves. My lower back disagrees. <laughs> but I will say like maybe it's just because I'm a woman and like uh inside of my mind I have now the security of being married that I just give zero fucks, which is just again like added layers, but Honestly being ever since I've turned 30 I've just given fewer fucks I don't really give a shit much about Just for the record uh, this is Shahana Jahan content creator actor artist musician amazing person Oh it's Now back to the discussion uh, somebody asked like ask her how she got married and I was like why is that a question is there a story there It's the biggest question because you know so here's the thing right because I call you, myself you take like it as an insult because if somebody asked me that I that I'd be like what does that mean does that mean isko kaise mil gayi how did she get married there was a lot of stress on the she <laughs> Yeah no uh I guess yes and no I guess like the one thing I noticed after getting married and Shushu me I was actually really insecure about it because you know I I even told Jibran I was like when you get married it's like you go from being a mister to a mister and we go from being a miss to a missus which isn't as sexy until we're milf status right because that's when it's like you're mrs robinson and then suddenly <laughs> you're hot right but like for a while you're just missus and it's like suddenly like there's this perception especially in our culture ki bas ab ye settle ho gayi hai bachchi you know wo bas ulta hai yaar i think my rebel without a cause on the moment my ex said you know i'm getting married next year i was like Suddenly, I want you again. Suddenly, all of a sudden, why do I feel like you were the one? You were always the. One. You were always the one, but you, you know that's actually one. interesting because that might be something that you might know from like a male POV without stereotyping. Because my husband told me the same thing. He said that the moment that you start telling people that you're like in a serious thing, like yeah. they will all come out, and I and they did. It's a thing. It's a thing. Haven't you heard of the wedding ring pickup technique where people? Wear pretend oh wedding rings just to pick up people. Oh my God! No, yeah. Really? yeah. That's so yeah. that Mrs. Kate has actually added a lot to your appeal. <laughs> I don't know about that, but like, I guess again, because I guess because of the person that I am, maybe the mind was it that like I need to now prove to people that I'm settled. Nayi, like this this whole notion that I'm now settled or I'm not doing anything else. You know. And it's like uh yeah I really felt that in the beginning and uh you know I went to Canada my sister lives in Canada so she uh, last year she took me to like some you know friends of hers place and unki khandana aaye the Pakistan se so there were a bunch of like desi aunties there right and uh my like shanana my older sister was with her friend to mai jab andar aayi sister's called shanana shanana okay 
Yeah, yeah. I call her Shanana just out of, you know, but I just remember when I went in, so obviously like the Desi aunties like see you door say na ki bas ye bachiyari andar isse hum ab puchhenge zor you know what i mean so like door se aa rahi hai and i'm like oh i'm feeling that familiar because obviously living in the us i don't see a lot of aunties on the daily so um or not just i don't want to stereotype feminist theory ne ab tak feminist theory ne ab tak drishta aunty gaze ko analyze or deconstruct nahi kiya it's it's as me gaze it's true but yeah i mean where i live i don't actually um i'm not surrounded by a lot of desi communities so if after a really long time i was like oh shit ye wo wali feeling hai ki wo vultures are in you know what i mean and uh, what was really interesting is like they came to me and i listen i'm not an idiot i know what appeals what what is appealing to me to the desi aunties first and foremost is the color of my skin yeah. so i know okay they're like ye to prime you know bachche dore honge Ah huh, this is this is a prime meat we need to go for so like they're coming <laughs> for me and then like you know the I, the one auntie goes like kya naam hai aapka beta aap kya karti hain and then shindana's friend ekdam se shows up iski shaadi hui hui hai auntie's like acha acha girls this, i was like this is content this is content <laughs> you should like walk in and all the this auntie's like oh. You're like oh, wedding ring, wedding. Yeah, ring. <laughs> it was like no. But what I found interesting about the whole thing was that suddenly I was not interesting as a human being. Do you know what I mean? She, she, like she didn't give a fuck about what I did or what I wanted to be or what I'm doing right now. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. And I was like, just because I've made a shadi with you, I'm like no longer interesting to people. And I'm like, the fuck. Um, I- I think हम लोग डिस्कस करते हैं ना वी थिंक लाइक नहीं बींग स्ट्रेट इज द नेचुरल थिंग वी इग्नोर द रिश्ता आंटी इज लेटेंट लेजबीनिज्म आई थिंक जो आलों से उनका इग्नोर किया गया ना दैट्स हाउ दे फुलफिल दैट इच स्क्रैच हाँ मतलब ये ऑकवर्ड कॉन्वर्जेशन नहीं होती कितने कंफर्टेबली the guy i know some of my friends had that conversation with their mothers nahi beta beti khubsurat nahi hai uski kamar jo hai wo thodi moti hai aunty aap kyun check out kar rahi hai ye ye aapka kaam aap apne bete i'm not even joking so that i'm not even joking i've met aunties who in the past have literally come and sat next next to next to me next and they literally just been like ye tum pura ki koshish kar rahi ho logo bata rahi ho you are awami and pakistani just i've never denied it you're next Listen to me like okay well I'll get to that in a second but like I've had aunties come next to me and like literally just start touching me and like caressing me I'm beautiful bal kitne acche hain hmm and I'm like why are you feeling me up you know so yeah there's I mean we could talk about sexual repression that's, that's not a bad short film idea by the way where a relationship starts where you think it's a rishta auntie and like aap apne bete ke liye nahi apne liye um <laughs> No but what I wanted that's to how, say was that's how you that's how people also know we're in our 30s our references <laughs> are born music are instant instant no but what I wanted to say was so I think the 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 thing about me is that like I'm like I I'm like that that burger bacha that wants to be accepted by the bun kebabs do you know what I mean it's like it's please burger, let me every burger bacha huh that's every burger bachcha yeah but like i i guess it's cuz like i mean i mean when we if we have to get down to like socios like 
like class and economics and stuff like I wasn't a rich kid do you know what I mean I was like yeah but like in the sense that like I was never a part of like the cool kids right but it was honestly so you were part of the coolest kids okay later on in life i'm talking about when i first came to pakistan i came to pakistan when i was uh, like i was born in peshawar and then i moved to america when i was one and then i was in america from the age of one to nine so english was my first or is my first language i didn't know urdu i didn't know pashto i knew nothing and then i moved back and i first moved to peshawar and obviously english was all i could speak at the time um and i remember being in school and like I just really wanted to fit in somehow, right? So I remember one day, like the teacher had left the classroom, right? And obviously, obviously everybody stood on their desks and started, you know, doing all obviously. kinds of shit. Obviously. And so like this kid, his name was Zarar, right? He stood on his desk and he suddenly starts like, doing this mannerism and like he was trying to act like somebody and the entire class starts laughing right and i may be because i'm like ha 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 i want to be a <laughs> part so of this so funny i much kuch samajh nahi aa rahi ki wo kya keh raha hai kya kar raha hai and then my like one of the girls in the class like she like nudges me she's like he's making fun of you and i was like oh this is awkward but i'm still laughing <laughs> like, wow, man, she can really take a joke Yeah. So like I think that's the thing like because I've always I mean I'm like a quintessential third culture kid, right? Like I moved to Pakistan and I tried to assimilate. I really did. I tried to I mean the I learned Urdu, but for the longest time I was made fun of it massively because hum to yahi karte hain hamara yahi hota hai ki hum ek dusre ki lete hain. Do you know what I mean? So like I was extremely insecure about my urdu growing up and i was like how do i just like tell them i'm one of them but also like be have them accept me but then i realized and i wrote an article about this it's called like the things that make me pakistani and it was like i realized that there's a ginormous list of things that we have to meet in order to be accepted as pakistani and even uske baad bhi they will find something ki not enough up you know you're not pakistani enough you're not muslim enough you're not you know so i was just like at the end of it i was like fuck it this is what i am i remember when we did slackistan as well slackistan pe like we got so much shit because we were like they were like ye to pakistan nahi hai or these are just the 1% burger bachas and i was i was like look yes and no because you know if if we are trying to homogenize pakistan this is problematic and we see it in how it affects our minorities our religious minorities you know um and so like i i often said after slackstan i was like look this is the pakistan that i wake up to and i'm pakistani so even if it forms like a tiny percentage i'm understanding of that but it is what it is so i think like that's one of the biggest things about pakistan that we have not been able to work our, our way around it is accepting all the shades all the hues all the you know the you know what i mean so that's why i often say i'm like i'm always trying to be accepted by my own country for being what i am and that's why inside i'm like mai hu and you had the immigrant experience in your own country you are you are pakistan's riz ahmed yeah exactly i'm like mulk mein immigrant hu 
But that, um, that's but what... I mean, they're, they're, they're yes and no's to that because obviously, like, obviously, I get a lot of love from Pakistan too. I, I, I get a lot of love. But I'll get the... Okay, you Urdu make content in Urdu question or demand rather a lot. Like, even with this podcast, I grapple with the same idea. A lot of people listen to people and they're like, this is Pakistan. I'm like, this is The idea, the reason this is called the Pakistan experience is to invite everybody who are Pakistani and break that mold, yeah, the circle we've created, that this is socially acceptable Pakistani. Even when people say, you Urdu, mein baat kare hai, ab ye political history, ho jayegi, but Sindhi and Punjabi and Pashto are a lot more Pakistani than Urdu. If we just go by demographics and if we want to go like even 47, more people spoke Bengali than Urdu. Like 7% of people spoke Urdu. It's quite a musallat zaban on all of us. So, you have official rakhi hai. I always say English is one of the official languages of Pakistan. It is. It is. It is. You know, um, and I, you know, it's the interesting thing, like, and I've, and I've been like dodging this a little bit because I don't know how to talk about it on social media without it causing a stir. But um, I, I had this thought, you know, especially like in recent times, we've always known how our minorities are treated. We just, we know it. Uh, we just, because it doesn't affect us, we turn a blind eye. That's just how we live, you know? Um, but it, you know, it's really bothered me particularly how our minorities are treated in general. And I thought about this the other day, okay, um, you know, when it comes to preference, right? Pakistan, have we ever asked, you know, Christian, right? But I was, I was like, have we ever asked them, like, how do they want to be, you know, uh, greeted, right? Because like, from my POV, all of these things, the words that we say, it kind of sets the subliminal culture, right? And we could argue that, yes, obviously, salam but it, it made me think of, do you remember this ad in the 90s? It was, I don't know if you remember P, uh, uh, PTV, but they used to play these uh, public service. title Loga Shahana tries to prove she's Pakistani. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they go STN, PTV. 90s PTV, but ad. <laughs> Checking her notes. But, but it was amazing. Okay. okay, so there were these PTV, there were these... I love them. I'm still trying to figure out how to like recreate them. But um, there were these PSA type, you know, ad type things, right? From government made, etc. From Wazar Teflan, Wazar Teflan. So there was this one, you know, this old man is walking, right? And then he bumps into an old man is walking with a bunch of presents, right? So he is walking, he bumps into this guy and the guy bumps into him like pushes him and the uh, gifts fall down the the, uh, the young guy goes like wait sorry uncle and then the uncle goes sorry ke bache. right and then it cuts to like this voiceover that basically says or something like that it was trying to tell people to like be kinder on the streets right <laughs> so, another one is yeah, the I, I didn't go to the same indoctrination camp as you Concentration I, had camp mein ye wala I had to, obviously. You know, the algorithm knew that ye yeah. se aaye, isko But the other one that made me laugh a lot was the same old man is walking. Okay? And then the young man is 
So the old man again bumps into the young man and this time is like, Assalamu alaikum, right? And then the young man goes, uh, Sorry, uncle, I don't know you. And then uncle goes, Hey, when two Muslims meet each other, and like the whole speech was, Pakistan, this is what we do. Right? So I understand the merit and the value, but I'm a little more, a little more, a lot more secular than that. And I just feel like, you know, I want, if I was a Christian or if I was a Hindu, nobody asked me how I wanted to be greeted. Do you understand? Nobody asked me how I want to be referred to. You know, you can get into the argument that and obviously nahi, and the meaning is, you know, this, you know, so, but the meaning this is, is this. What I, you know what I mean? But <laughs> the point is, the point is that if we're talking about inclusion, we never asked, you know, they were never asked about how they wanted it. And the reason why I relate to that is like the simple fact that as a woman growing up, there were so many things that I was just never asked. There were just labels that were thrown mm. upon me. And I just lived with it without ever having the moment of like, have you asked me? Like, am I okay with this? The same thing comes down to gender dynamics and, you know, things like that. Um, actually, before we move I on, I wanted to tell you one more because I just remembered it. But I just want to like add to that. I think as a society, we because the fundamental belief now is that that's the extremist position. That yeah, that's like, now. that's the polar opposite of the whole conversation. It's yeah. like, it's just, up now they're not worth anything. You yeah, know? you can't. I mean, a lot of people would like rebuke you for it. I know I've heard terrible stories about like rickshawalas who are not accepting, you know, Christians into their, you know, rickshaws or certain stores. And it's just, yeah, it's ugly. And again, again, I am secular in my mindset, which I know is the very conflicting with a lot of, uh, I guess, the Pakistani government at large. You know what I mean? Um, social media has also made it so much worse, right? Like, it really bothered me as somebody who struggled with mental health and those thoughts, it really hit close to home. So I wrote rest in peace and then people were like, he's Gair Muslim, he cannot rest in peace. I mean, somebody is dead. What the fuck do I say, right? If I feel sad about somebody dying, what the fuck do I say? Rest in Bichu, rest in fucking <laughs> Dozak. Like, but you had something else to say you were like i'm gonna say one more thing just this other ad that i remember again the psa i'm surprised you never saw this shit so they were trying to i'm less pakistani uh, than you it was a 90s, uh, again, same, same era. And uh, they were trying to talk about AIDS, right? So they basically had like uh, a bed sheet hanging. And so it's like tableau style. Not tableau, shadow puppet shadow style, like. right? Hmm. So basically all they have is this side where there's a man standing and this side where there's a woman standing and you can see them, right? And I'm not even joking. All they do is they just walk behind the bed sheets. So now you can see their silhouettes and they're doing nothing. They're just, ye, see ye, AIDS, la, la, je. Pakistan ke alagi masle hote hai, right? Like uh, in the US, the conversation then was that, I mean, 
स्पेशली विद फ्रेडी मर्क्यूरी कॉन्वर्जेशन वॉज कि सिर्फ होमोसेक्सुअल को एड्स होता हैल सब सेफ है पाकिस्तान अलग ही टेंजेंट पे तब भी पाकिस्तान अलग ही टेंजेंट पे चल रहा था Chalo, <laughs> you know, at least they're trying to say that you know heterosex will get you know cause AIDS if somebody's contracted it. Um, but yeah, I love the ads from that time. Like a be like, yeah, I remember the. Yeah. Hey, Khuda, mere pu salamat re. Remember that one? That kid is a fucking psychopath. Cause the ad is, cause ke abu ne insurance policy liye. Huh. Yeah. So she's essentially celebrating that if my dad dies, we get paid. She's like, "Khudaam ne kumpu salam." Or if not, then insurance policy. Thanks, dad. Of course. Your death is worth money to us. Oh, you'll remember this one. Do you remember the Ruavza ad? The acha. So this is when Ruavza went from Ruzza, glass. I've done too many drugs. My memory is short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A glass bottle to plastic yeah. bottle. Okay. Okay. So basically, what they're showing is I'm not even joking. Like the, this is like the 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 editor was like on something. Like basically, they show the planet first. They zoom mm-hmm. out, like in the Earth spinning. Then you see like then it cuts back to Pakistan. Jump it like this boy is on rollerblades. Okay, and he has the ruvza in his hand. Okay, so then suddenly cuts to like satellites and like rays and shit, and then it keeps going back to this kid. Okay, who then like as he's <laughs> and they're doing like the music to nahi sadi nahi soch naya andas, right? And so then they cut to like finally he's like in Pakistan and he trips. Okay, and the bottle falls in slow mo, right? But guess what? It's plastic. नहीं सदी, it's plastic. plastic. तो वो नहीं टूटता प्रेगनेंट हो गई है Yeah, there's even the 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 ones I remember are the most famous one. So, अच्छी सी एक गाड़ी हो, लड़की उसमें प्यारी हो, एक डब्बा शाही सुपारी हो, और आज़े उसका बाप तो कितनी ख्वारी हो, एक डब्बा शाही सुपारी हो. Do you not remember this one? I I remember it, but I'm thinking that like ads really upped their game when I think U phone started with you know Facebook Rashmi and Rashmi. Yeah, that's when like I remember really wanting to pay attention to their ads, you know, because I was like they're gonna do something cool, and then I remember years later I actually did a U phone ad with them, and I was like, I just like fangirled the whole time. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Name drop. Yeah. Yeah. Name <laughs> drop. Which which ad? Namishini drop. Sorry. Which which one were you in? Yeah, this was a long time ago. This was a uh, in two thousand nine. So it was just um I just remember it was like the first ad I did. I thought it was super cool because I got to go to Thailand and I felt like just yeah, a pro when was I really was. Was it the Teri Teri Meherbani ad which was the famous one? 
No, <laughs> no. But, oh my God, if I find it, I just remember that one version of the ads, um, it was me and Ahmed, Ahmed Ali, um, and uh, Adil Hashmi, and um, I just remember it was, uh, Ahmed just, you know, sneaks in late at night to into the house, and he's my brother, and, uh, you know, I don't know, just some, it's always some new offer on the phone that he just shows to Adil, okay, like, you know, Adil was playing our father, who was, like, angry that Ahmed was late, um, so anyway, it's just, just some new offer, whatever, but forget the ad what was really funny was somebody later on dubbed the ad in like just galian wali zuban right it is it i'm not it's not i it's so impolite like i can't i can usually I remember swear this. i i yeah. remember i like uh it's the first time <laughs> i'm talking so i don't know mai kitna khul ke keh sakta hu cheeze but i've seen some of them and they are uh, the worst there is a cyrillic one Can I say what it was? What the new phone ad that I did? Did you see it? Cyrillic ad ki dubbing hui hui hai. Okay. But ye na wo school mein chul rakhi MMS nahi lekar aate the ki phone pe dekho ye kya hai. Huh. One of those, and it was just the worst, right? It was like uh, ye dekho bache, ab ye choose rahe. Cyrillic kitna behtar hai choose ne se. Ma ki dud se behtar ab Cyrillic. It was even gold flake wala. and uska bhi yahi same tha koi james bond type ad tha and the guy goes like badhi tu phir phas gayi hai nikal bhag yahan se chup jayenge hum sare gold flake ma chote easy easy entertainment milti thi na ab itna sochna padta hai content content is so simple char galiyan dal do yeah yeah i mean oh man i mean like there's there's so many pros and cons like we can enjoy it but it's also cuz like we're not in that place where you know obviously if we have to look back there's just so much that's problematic yeah. you know but like we can laugh at it but today we're trying to be more careful of that you know it's and it's also what you grew up with right sorry complete that thought no no you're right actually i was just going to say that like i just uh, put up a video on penhood where i'm basically just exploring the music that i grew up with and you know i i can i even say in the video that like this is literally just the culture i grew up with it could be like these musicians or like let's say the music videos or whatever could be problematic today because the 2000s ki jo music videos and a lot of them are sexist a lot of them are racist or a lot you know and we understand that we didn't like it back then but we just it's just what we grew up with and we had to be a part of it and we were young right so we wanted to be a part of the culture right so you know it is what it is in fact Ethan Hawke is like he says this really great quote um i don't know if you've seen um there's a series um uh, it's a g it's a g, <laughs> it's a gq series on youtube where it's like actors uh, like talk about their films in like 5 minutes or something like all of them it's really really good it's really really good so um ethan hawke actually said something that i thought was really nice he basically said that he was a symptom of his time right um that whatever he he knows the films he was a part of and that the culture he was a part of he was a symptom of it he wasn't a cause of it you know what i mean he was just a variation of it so i feel the same way it's like there's a lot from our culture and our childhood that you know would be inexcusable right but we're just that's what we grew up with you know so sorry you were listeners saying listeners of this podcast are used to my gripes about cancel culture but my problem with cancel culture is that it focuses on the individuals it becomes less about the issues and becomes more about the individuals like you said if he is a symptom of the time you cannot just um 
attribute personal culpability to all of those people but that doesn't mean things stop being problematic right if friends had problematic jokes friends had problematic jokes that doesn't mean that all the actors and friends are terrible people and should not ever get work again it was just indicative of the times but then it does have a tangible effect on the culture right especially with comedy comedy creates culture and culture creates comedy uh, yes maybe itna problematic nahi hai ki pepsi ke ad mein जावेद मियादाद वकारून इसको कह रहे हैंडिंग एक मास्टर साहब थे चाइल्ड गोज टू स्कूल एंड नो बडी एल्स इज इन स्कूल एंड देन मास्टर साहब जस्ट लाइक Oh man. Yeah 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 I I I think he molested the child and that was hilarious to kids. I mean I laughed. I mean I'm going to admit sure I was 14 15 16 whatever but I yeah. laughed because it was something like shaba shaba nahi master sahab mere chote chote haath shaba shaba and then oh, the guy wow. who made that recording got even a radio show. Did a popular wow. radio show with Dino and all and we never really questioned it ki wait <laughs> this is a teacher and a child ये कितना ज्यादा प्रॉब्लमैटिक है सो श्योर मे बी वी ग्रो अप लाफिंग एट हा 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 बच्चा है बट देन दोज आइडिया राइट इफ यू डोंट एवर क्वेश्चन दैट इफ यू डोंट एवर क्रिटिकली लुक एट दैट इफ यू लाफ्ट एट अ चाइल्ड मोलेस्टेशन जोक वेन यू आर यंग मे बी यू डोंट टेक दिस इशू एज सीरियसली लेटर ऑन स्लिपरी स्लोप फ्रॉम देयर टू you finding out a story of somebody that it actually happened to and then you also laughing at that yeah <clears throat> that's how like culture like perpetuates culture right um because like you said i i'm not a fan of cancel culture either because it removes the possibility of evolution and just growth i'm not the person i was 10 years ago at all right and it's like you said it's because we grew up you know especially hamare culture mein we again one of the things like we just do is we laugh at each other a lot we just do yeah. right um it's it's something very particular to desi culture i don't know why it's you also know? a coping mechanism right yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right so i think that now you know that we're older and we understand um you know it's it's just that now it's like there's a line right there's a line and you know when you're crossing it you know um but i'm all, more interested in like the notion of or or what's problematic about cancel culture especially with social media is that all it's really doing is it's shaming people into not expressing what they're actually thinking unki mentality jo hai wo it doesn't change do you understand like um like one of the questions over here i was interviewed and in the what it was about this about uh, sexual harassment of women right and does does is shaming an effective method right and i said that like in the us for example um when the black civil rights movement became a thing and it you know it took over as it should um there's a certain portion of white people that stopped using the n word because they knew if they use the n word they will receive a backlash they will be shamed for it but unki mentality about the black person didn't change they're still thinking it yeah. do you know what i mean so and or wo apne gharon mein they they're still going to teach those values you know that that a black person is less than or the black person's whatever you know what i mean 
So I'm, so even as a woman, we can shame men, right? Because of the culture, because of social media. Now, if you act a sexist, if you act in a sexist manner, you're going to get called out. You're going to get called out and canceled. But is it changing the mentality of the men? Are they just telling themselves, Kini, ne, ab, ab to kuch nahi public mein nahi karna, na? Ab. Huh. Ab public you know? But so I'm also- curious about how do we work on changing the actual mindset versus just shaming people into stopping. I mean, it's effective depending on the man. Obviously, some men are so problematic, they, they need to be publicly shamed. If you send me a dick pic like a billion times, you will be publicly shamed, sorry, right? Sorry, sorry. I, I <laughs> just wanted to invite you on the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. Shock and all. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the, the example you gave, you're still shaming behavior, which still has some merit. कुछ लोग हैं जिनको बुरा लगता है लोगों का सड़नी शुरू हो जाती है their position is great the problem is when you're 18 19 20 and you're a student and you learn two three things or up personal issues or insecurities combat nahi kar rahe ya kar rahe saath saath aap misuse kar lete hain wo concept so what happened was she got famous she got tv shows and already people started being like okay she was funny the first time now why is she getting all this attention wo to shuru ho gaya tha तो उसने क्या किया उसकी बहन थी घर पे शी वाज डूइंग समथिंग इट्स लाइक ये मेरी बहन है ये मेरी बहन है जो है ना ये बिल्कुल ऐसी चूड़ा है ये चूड़ों की तरह है मेरी बहन रहती है यहां पर सुपर प्रॉब्लमेटिक वर्ड टू यूज स्पेशली इन अ कंट्री लाइक पाकिस्तान वेयर देयर इज वायलेंस अगेंस्ट द क्रिश्चियन कम्युनिटी टू द एक्सटेंड के ऑफिशियल अखबारों में ऐड जा रहा होता है कि स्वीपिंग की नौकरियां तो सिर्फ क्रिश्चियंस के पास जाएंगी इतनी हद तक डिस्क्रिमिनेशन है सो यस इट्स लाइक द यूज ऑफ द एन वर्ड बट इज निमरा अली योर एनिमी is that person your enemy who used that word who came out with an apology video and said main apni behan ke liye kar rahi thi pyar se kar rahi thi it's a word that we use mujhe pata bhi nahi tha hum christian community ke liye loves istemal karte hain mera unse koi interaction bhi nahi hai what more can she do she is a part of this culture where this word is used it's an extremely problematic word she was not aware she was made aware she apologized you need to fight the culture not nimra ali usko cancel karke aapko kya mil jayega You know absolutely I 100% agree because exactly that like if I if we have to be seriously honest with ourselves growing up at Pakistan there's so many times where we were you know sexist or you know internalized misogynists you know um we were racist you know so it's like we we'd, we'd be lying to ourselves and I think that also like you have to question like who is the person right if the person that commits the faux pas is somebody that is extremely is like an expert on the subject or talks about a certain subject you know wildly you know or or massively and then if they commit a faux pas then yeah maybe question them go like you know better right like why did you do that why why did you harass that person you know better but you know it's like i think cancel culture basically 
it removes the possibility of, of empathy, you know, because you have to understand that we are all capable of that, especially because of the damaging uh, culture that we grew up in. We do it all the time, you know? Um, so I think it, it, it's just, I, I, I would also think that there's also just like a mix between um, when people in our culture get famous, you know, I think people like to take each other down anyway. Yeah. You know, we love doing that. And, and, I, and again, you know, honestly, like I, I'm empathetic to a fault sometimes because I don't even blame them because I say that our childhood is Flanka beta is doing this, Flanki beta is doing this. This is something we're taught when we are children in our homes that we're not good enough by our own parents' standards. So therefore, when we see Flanki beta who came from blah, 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 doing something, we presume that she's used connections, we, she's done this, she's done that. He has obviously, you know, he has this, he has. Mm. So whenever we see somebody being successful, it's, it's, again, it's not even our fault. We've just been fostered in a culture that makes us compare ourselves with each other all the time. And the added thing with this, this Nimra Ali, is that what her name is? Yeah, this Nimra Ali situation is, um, you know, people become obviously viral sensations and it's overnight, hence viral. But, um, you know, there's the added fact that like, you know, she's a girl. Girl, not only do like women do it to each other <laughs> you know men will men will do it but women will also like hate on a girl who becomes famous overnight when the chaiwala guy became famous it was like overnight sensation he was hot we objectified him everybody was like yeah it's because he's hot you know what i mean i have no um, issues with male objectification he is hot. <laughs> um yeah i mean but I mean, my point is that like, it's, it's, there are all these double standards in terms of what we are okay with um, supporting or, you know, uh, channeling and what we were not, you know? Um, I just think that what, it's what you said, it's, it's more about the culture. It's about like questioning what has caused us to, to be a certain way. Um, I recently did a, a trauma-informed practice training and it was really just about learning how because uh, I, because I'm, I'm also a teaching artist, so I teach my art to students. And when you teach art to students, we're the only discipline. Even though I think this applies to everybody in terms of psychological mental health, mm. um, but art is the only discipline where, where if you are my student, I'm deliberately asking you to come into my room and become vulnerable. I'm asking you to be vulnerable because you can't create art without exposing something of yourself. Um, and if we're asking students to do that, and as you know, some of the best art comes from extremely socially awkward, reclusive people who don't know how to conduct themselves. Um, and, and that's fine, that's who they are. But the point of the practice was to learn that if I'm inviting these people into my space to make them be creative and, and, and bring out that spark, I have to be cognizant of the, the trauma they have experienced because the more you think about it, every single human being has experienced trauma. The trauma, the, uh, in terms of psychological terms, it really starts from the age of one to seven. Those are your most formative years. Um, and like, think about it, Shazad. What was the culture we were in from the age of one to seven? Yep. It's not even just like, it starts with the culture of your home, how your parents treated each other, right? in terms of how you learn gender dynamics. If, you know, God forbid you had been molested in that time, which a lot of times happens from the ages of one to seven, I was, that informs your perception of, you know, the other gender, it, it informs your perception of yourself, right? And then if you're seeing on the television that people are treating each other a certain way, where we treat 
we, we laugh at Pathans for this reason. We look down upon, you know, Christians for this reason. Or Hindus are a complete write-off. You know what I mean? All these things happen so fast between one to seven. And that's when our brain is really, really like taking in everything information-wise. It is, um, I'm sure you're familiar with like the concept of neuroplasticity about how the brain mm. has the ability to continuously evolve. Um, most of the foundation work is done in that time and past that point because we're so we've already created such a core we're so fixated on just making sure adding thoughts and values that reinforce that core right that's why this whole debate about it's so hard for us to um debate with other people rather because we usually just accept what we want to hear because it reinforces the stability of our own core Right. Anytime, if you've noticed in debates with, with people that are from opposing views, anytime somebody says something that is logical, but uh, is, is opposes what you're saying, something happens inside. Yeah. Something happens up here because it's rattling. It's rattling the core of your personality. And that's the biggest struggle. That's why, like you said, it's not the individual's fault so much as it is the culture's fault because the culture's already made that for us. Right. And it only takes, I always say self-awareness is often a luxury, right? So having a moment to go like, it's mm. often a luxury because a lot of the damage has already been done. Do you know what I mean? It's just been done. So I think that's why I often say, like, I think <laughs> the biggest thing we need to do in our schools with our children is, is allow them to, to have moments of learning, unlearning, checking, unchecking, you know what I mean? Um, and not have everything so like concrete in stone about what we think is the right way. You know, like I often crack this joke about religion. Um, and I, you know, I, I get asked a lot, are you even Muslim? And I just, I've come to a point in my life where I say it's a personal question, right? Because just because I'm Pakistani, this isn't for you to presume that I'm Muslim, you know, because everybody presumes Pakistani, Muslim and that again, that's also that just negates all of our other ethnic our minorities, our religious minorities. But I often joke that like, imagine if the day we die, you know, like, you know, the mystery is solved, we've died, you know, and then like, what we find out is that it the whole time it was like the Greek gods, you know what I mean? You were right. like, There's a you Roman know? Atkinson bit on this, right? Oh, is there? I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to hell. It's great. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna see it. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, because you know, Muslim because... hell. Who was right? The Mormons, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like you know, honestly, again. Your faith is your faith. Whatever you believe in, all well and good, Godspeed. But in my opinion, religion is really just a, a, a catalog of opinions and views and perspectives that we've turned into faith and belief. But none of them are fact because no one has gone to, to the afterlife and come back to say, okay, but you're, you're right. You know what I mean? So if, if we acknowledge that, that we right? Just by default of being born Muslim doesn't make me, you know, immune to hellfire and I'm better than all. We have no fact here. What you choose is personal and I'll respect that. But if we just acknowledge that, then we would be a little more forgiving of the other people around us, I feel. Can't we say that you have to believe or knowledge ko karne ki hai. and if somebody is uh, feeling a little angered by that, this is good for you because you have faith if 
somebody had gone to the other side and come back and said, wait, no, there is a God, then you don't have faith. So if you do genuinely believe in your faith, the idea is that it's faith that you believe in it. So that's great for you. It doesn't have to be knowledge. So jo log bhi padhe hote hai, nahi, nahi, khuda exist karta hai because da, da, da. you don't have to. It, it, I mean, you can believe in it. You can't believe in it. It's up to you. Uh, there are about like 40 threads that I want to pick on. That was a great, uh, I don't want to say rant. Lecture. <laughs> it, was, Lecture. It, was, it was great. Uh, so there are 40 threads that I want to pick on this, but I content consume content just before this podcast. And I just want to ask, you are a Bo Burnham fan, aren't you? I'm a what? You're a Bo Burnham fan? I have no idea who Bo you Burnham is. You don't know who is. Bo Burnham is? Is Bo Burnham the clown? Well, stand-up comedian. Zada dur nahi hai. Okay. I was like, wow, wow. I have no idea. No, I don't know who Bo Burnham is. Weirdly enough, so I actually, best. I actually don't follow a lot of stand-up comedians. He's a very genre-bending stand-up comedian. His make happy hai. Okay. These days, I listen to that every night and I'm like, this is me. This is exactly me. Khair, we will I want to actually get really deep into the trauma. Uh, what was it? Trauma information therapy? Uh, trauma-informed practice. Yes, I really want to get into that, all of that. What is it? What exactly is it? Well, so again, like I said, because I'm a teaching artist here out of the five billion jobs that I do, um, it was, um, it's, it's new in the sense that like uh, places in America are now seeing that particularly when teaching, you know, children or youth, uh, we have to be cognizant, especially because we're asking them to be vulnerable in classrooms, of what they're bringing with themselves. And what I love about the practice is that it also understands that you are an artist. So you are coming in with your vulnerability and your, you know, just kind of space. And it, 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 was, a, it was like a 10-week course. Um, and the whole focus was understanding the brain from a psychological point of view of what its development looks like from certain ages um and what are the various ways that when we interact with um you know children or youth what are the various ways that we can disarm them um when they come into our rooms right so there are a variety of activities that you can do and they're each specifically for different reasons you know um you know, for, there's like, for example, one of my favorite ones is called the 24 word story. It's a great storytelling uh, uh, exercise, but it's also a great way to get uh, your whoever really to condense what they're feeling. Because a lot of times, like when it comes to just anxiety, there's way too much happening. Like there's too many thoughts happening. So it's like, it's like a grounding exercise where you, it, you basically just hand them a piece of paper where it says, describe how you're feeling in 24 words. So you just, you let the anxiety of the words come out. Just write 24 words, right? After that, what they ask you to do is, un 24 words, distill, choose out of them 12, then bring it to six, bring it to three, then bring it to one. And then when you bring it to one, not only have you been able to kind of like calm yourself, right? Because you've given your brain a task, right? Um, you've been able to calm yourself, but in terms of storytelling, you've been able to find out what is the core issue, you know, what is the core word? You know, if I was feeling uh, uh, anxious, crazy, uh, 
uh, frightened, blah, 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 blah. Maybe the core word that I was looking for was powerless. You know, maybe that was all that this was. And then it helps you identify how to work through that, you know? And, and it, again, from a storytelling point of view, it's a great way to find out what is the core theme of your story that you want to tell, right? It's the loss of power or the agency, right? And then you can write your character depending on that. You can write your story depending on that. And then see how, you know, whether, you know, if we're talking about three act structure, you see whether it's achieved or it's not achieved. You know, is this, is this powerlessness against, you know, the relationships in a, in your family, or is it powerlessness against the world? Is it, you know, so it's, it's a great way to do that. Um, and then what I found most fascinating again about, about um, this training that I did was the concept of neuroplasticity because neuroplasticity is like, it's the kind of thing that has been the most revelatory thing to me because it means that we can change, right? And we can foster uh, positive values and habits, it's never too late. The idea of neuroplasticity tells you mm -hmm. it is never too late to literally change your brain chemistry. And it also, um, one of the greatest takeaways about doing this training was the fact that it allowed me to be kinder to myself. Because when you realize just how so much of who you are was not your fault, right? And it wasn't your, like, you release a lot of guilt a lot and we internalize a lot of guilt right and so you release a lot of guilt you release a lot of tension and you show yourself a little humanity when you realize just how many factors have made your brain become a certain way with neuroplasticity it's really just like if we have to think of neural pathways as roads right it's like your brain you have certain roads that you're taking if if I, as a human being, every day wake up and let's say the first thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, I, I don't have enough time. Like, let's say that's the first thing. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time in a day. I don't have enough time. The neural pathway that knows that, I've walked on it. I've walked on it for the day. Now, imagine in a day I have that thought 50,000 times. I've walked on that path 50,000 times. It further cements that path. So when I wake up the next day, this path is already activated. It is telling me, Shahana, you have to walk on this path that makes you feel like you don't have enough time, right? We, our body responds to us. It is, the pathways are created based off of our behavior, our thoughts. Now, pros are, we can change it, right? It will feel fake and forced, but do it because if you understand that your brain is an organic computer, it will follow your commands. You can basically change the way that you perceive things, perceive yourself. It changes everything. The con, like I said, because so much of the damage is done, we are fighting ourselves. Our brain wants, we, like, you know, in terms of homeostasis, our, our bodies want to stay in whatever we've done. If, if, if you are used to, like Shazad, if you're used to a certain level of cortisol every day, your body excretes, or excretes, secretes, I wish it excreted it actually, then you wouldn't have any cortisol. But if your body's used to secreting a certain number, a level of cortisol every day, your stress hormone has to be at 87% every day. Your body was like, and that's why on the days when you are stress-free, for some odd reason, your brain's going to try to find something. I need that hit. I need that hit, right? You know, so you're fighting your own chemistry is my point, 
right? Which is hard because it's you, but the pro is you have the control if you allow it, right? You can change it. That's why I know it's a bit of a cliche, but like we often say that our biggest hurdle is ourselves. This is like a scientific way of showing that, you know, it's literal there, but again, it's, it's the neural pathways come from repetition, just going through the thing over and over again. You can learn how to play the piano at the age 50. It won't matter if you just keep doing it, your brain will pick it up. Um, And, you know, obviously, you know, we deteriorate with age, you know, that's just normal. We are decaying beings after the age of 25. Right. Um, But that doesn't mean that it can, you know, you can become like, I love those women who are suddenly like ripped and muscular at 80, you know, because your body will do it. You just have to feed it. So that's why this year has also been really tough. Right. So a lot of things that you're saying, I think also know my therapist, Shirmin Khan, uh, another sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of things that things we have worked on in therapy. And it's also why this year has been so tough. I was clinically depressed, took a lot of while, took a lot of therapy, took some psychedelics, which by the way, the road example, how it works, I think psychedelics episode Netflix, that's the best example, or at least the best analogy for psychedelics I've heard. It's like, so like you said, road, they said snowmobile tracks. So imagine your brain as a snow covered mountain. And if you take the same snowmobile down, Every single day, your brain will have a path. Yeah. Psychedelics are like fresh snow, which give you a chance oh. to create new paths. <laughs> That's so work. cool. Yeah. So, cool. so actually, yeah, a few LSD trips really helped throughout all of this. Now you're not going out, you're not meeting friends, you're not going to the gym, you're not seeing the sun for a couple of days, and suddenly you're back into your old habits. And then the lockdown eases, things get a little better. You start going back to the gym, you start meeting friends again. And now we're back in lockdown. So this, this year has been tough. And the second wave, particularly right now, is just terrible because it's habits, right? So if you have nowhere to be, if you have no reason to get out of bed, the gym is closed. If you can't actually go meet your friend for chai, if you actually can't hug people, your brain goes back to the safety mechanism. Okay, you were quite happy being depressed in bed. Why don't we go back to that, Shazad? It's self-preservation. Yeah. Right? Because again, it's trying to maintain whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's been, I, I was talking to my brother-in-law uh, who's a doctor and he said that there's been a five-time increase in mental health-related, um, you know, issues post-COVID. I mean, I never was the kind of person that had anxiety and I had my first panic attack in April of this year. Congrats, never... welcome, welcome. It's a, I, I'm in the club. The I'm in the club. No, and obviously before this, I'd heard about panic attacks and that I'd heard, I have friends who suffer from anxiety, but now that I suffer with anxiety, because I, I would like to say that you only have one panic attack and it never happens again. That's not true. Um, now that I suffer with anxiety, like I have, it's just completely different perspective of people who've been dealing with it for years. Did you know it was a panic attack? I didn't. I thought I was dying. I thought yeah. I was having a heart attack. Heart attack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was sitting on the sofa after having dinner. Just we, my husband and I, we were just watching something. And I was wearing my <laughs> did the Pakistan, did the, the, did the Pakistani kick in. You're like, bad khali hai, indigestion. Ho rahi hai. <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought. Ki, uh, man, heart attack sure. wale, green tea peel it. <laughs> Oh, I was wearing my Fitbit and like I suddenly felt like my hand was throbbing and I just felt a little strange. So I looked at my Fitbit and it was at 91 BPM and I was like, that's higher for doing nothing. But it, I, 
گھبرانے والی کوئی بات نہیں تھی اینڈ دین شہزاد ود ان سیکنڈ اٹ وین نائنٹی ون ہنڈریڈ within seconds and i like everything sweating palm, you know clammy hands minute i closed my eyes and i thought i'm going this is it i'm having a heart attack because at 160 you're like this is impossible to happen at you know, when you're just sitting and i cycle regularly so i was very aware of what my bpm normally is so i just closed my eyes i thought i'm this is it i'm going uh, my husband thankfully kind of got understood what was happening So he just kind of like, he, you know, I closed my eyes and he held my hand and he just kept, you know, calming, calming me and then monitoring my heart rate. Because this was the first panic attack I had, um, you don't realize how much work your chest is doing, um, and it, which it shouldn't be doing at resting state. Um, so then the next week I had severe pain in my chest. Um, I woke up with anxiety for, 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 I had my next panic attack a week ago. after that and uskebad i was like i don't want to feel like this anymore like i mean she's out i was a wreck i was crying every day because i was scared i'd never been physically scared of myself you know what i mean yeah. and uh, i basically woke up with this feeling of anxiety every single day until june so from april to june and then one fine day i woke up and it was gone and um, ever since then it comes sometimes like i'll feel it you know i'll feel it coming on and then i've kind of now f- worked out methods i have an app it's called insight timer um i use insight timer that has it has like anxiety quick like five five minute like emergency you know uh panic attack stuff um so yeah i think what's really helped me is the continuing uh with the cycling i fucking hate yoga and i did it you know what i mean phenomenal uh, Yeah, I hate it, but it really helps. Like I'm anyone listening, if you hate yoga and you have anxiety, I'm here to tell you it works. It does work. It's also great for the the world we live in, right? With this terrible device in our phones going off a million times a day. Tough yoga is so great for you because if your legs hurting so much holding a position, you're not fucking thinking about who's tweeting what about you. You're like I am not going to fall doing this warrior pose but <laughs> entire being is like my knee just take five more seconds so the fact that you're so focused on that singular exercise really takes your mind off the six million other things it's like a tab right if you have 47 tabs open at the same time your browser is going to crash our yeah. brains are not designed to work like that but unfortunately that's how we operate them so they constantly yeah. crash and yeah. hum hamari we don't have the language for that mera jab pehla panic attack hua tha and i was also convinced ke yaar ye to heart attack hai aur kuch ho hi nahi sakta i drove to national hospital uh, i went to the front desk they like what is it i'm like it's a heart attack they like patient ka like main hu <laughs> woman looking at me ke aap to jawan acche khase i'm like nahi woh mujhe hone wala hai mujhe pata hai like acha emergency mein gaye doctor aaya he checked everything he checked all the vitals he's like you're fine i'm like no i can literally feel i'm about to have a heart attack he asked all the symptoms but i don't know how much of it was psychosomatic how much of it was because i knew i was like yeah my left arm is numb i can feel my yeah. heart i know for a fact this is what it is because i've read about it i know he's like aap aise kare aap disprin le le aap blood thinner le le aap ghar jaye in case kuch hua just take that uh, was, and he said don't run don't do any exercise because that that can trigger a heart attack So I was like, "Messa, karta hu. Let me just run a mile in the corridor, so that if a heart attack comes, it will come to the hospital." 
ही स्टार्ट लुकिंग एट मी लाइक ये मेंटल असाइलम से आया लाइक द लुक ऑन हिस्स फेस वॉज ये पागल है इसलिए एक सेकेंड रुके He went to some senior and I think he said something like कोई पागल इंसान आया हुआ है तो senior came to me and he just like brushed me off कि आप घर जाएं आप ठीक हैं ये वो कुछ बोला कि पागल है but they even now these are two one junior one senior doctor who had no idea I was having a panic attack they just saw all the data and they were like ये data सब सही है heart attack नहीं है ECG कर लिया सब कुछ ठीक है तो ये फिर झूठ बोल रहा है या बकवास कर रहा है या fake कर रहा है इसको फिर discipline देके घर भेज दो I mean, they they had no recognition of what it was, and it was literally. I think weeks later, when I spoke to somebody, they're like, "This is what's happening." I'm like, "Oh, mm. that makes so much more sense." Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a terrible thing. I like I said, I feel really bad for people. Like again, before it was like, "Huh, thoughts and prayers." Now it's like, "No, I I get it." You know, I get it. It is it is it it can be absolutely crippling. Um. And debil it's it can be debilitating and for it's, sure. It's impossible to communicate as well, right? Like thoughts and prayers. Also, you genuinely want to give them thoughts and prayers and good vibes, but it's such a shallow thing to say. But even something like this, right? If somebody like Abhi, we just had this discussion, and obviously it's over fifteen minutes, so people get the nuance. But if someone tweets, "Kya hota? I'm depressed," or "Ham jawab dete," try yoga. They would be like, "Oh, look at Patte, asshole, you motherfucker." <laughs> because genuinely these things help going to the gym helps yoga helps if namaz or spirituality or anything helps all of these things are great for you yeah but yeah, all of it anything that centers your mind and gives you yes. like a moment of peace you know like now my daily practice these days is like i'll wake up and i'll i'll just do i'll pray and then i will sit on the prayer mat and i will do a 5 minute meditation you know and i'll just like take it from there and it just helps me clear things out but you know you were absolutely right in the sense that we are the generation that first got exposed to social media in like a younger age right and we we started like with facebook and i mean i was what 18 19 something like that 17 when facebook came out um a levels mein cool kids the na we're like we're not on orkut anymore we have yeah. facebook <laughs> Exactly. So we're the first generation that went through that. Like the Gen, like the Zoomers, the Gen Z, like they're the <laughs> ones who were born with it, you know. But um, and and especially in our sphere where we're content creators, it's like it, it's it's it really is like trying to figure out a balance about. And I, I mean, I have the problem as well. Like I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I turned off my Instagram notifications first of all because well I was done. like, I don't. want things popping up in my face all the time and like i i mean jibran and i talk about it often it's about like i i try to institute uh you know work hours with with it because the the thing with being a content creator is that our a lot of our stuff is online right it's just online and um we have to teach ourselves you know um what works and what doesn't work and what's what is infringing upon my time i for me it's a, it's a simple barometer like the minute i start feeling that social media is now taking over and it's not bringing me joy and in fact it's only causing me stress that's when i know i need to disconnect and then i'll do that every so often i'll just be like disconnecting need to take this off um and as a creator for me like you know obviously you know and i'm sure you feel the same like there's there's we know that there's a pressure to create right it's it's how and especially if you have anxiety it's like how do you deal with that pressure to create i always try to just strip it down strip it back to like 
Shahana, why are you here? Why are you, what are you trying to say? Why are you doing it? If it, if it, and I, I, I make it come back to the original reason, the original reason why I'm doing anything online is because I want to take my thoughts out and create it into something. The minute it becomes about, I want to be more than this, or I want to, you know, be more than her, you know, followers then I'm like, these are all the wrong reasons to be doing it. And I'm a human being. So I feel these, I, and especially the culture we come from, I grew up with the flanka beta, right? So it's like, I feel it. I feel the comparisons all the time, but I have to remind myself to remove that, remove that. And because if I, if I get caught up and that's, I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram, um, I do these thought spoken word type rants. Those are the moments in, I don't know, like if, if anybody's noticing, like those are the moments where I, I feel like I'm, they're usually on the, they come after moments where I feel like I've been obsessing too much. Do you know what I mean? Like anytime I feel like I've been disc, I've been just too much in the Insta sphere or the commenting sphere or the engagement sphere, I take a break. And then I write what I'm feeling in this moment. Like what is really mattering to me? I'm like, okay, you know, I'm tired of being on a diet or I'm tired of exfoliating or I'm tired of comparing my, or, you know, the, the piece that I wrote conflicted, it's literally about uh, the, this was in like, I think June or something when, I don't know, something was happening online. Just be, we all had to have a stance. Every social media person had to have a stance. I don't even remember what the issue is, but you can imagine it was always something. We, why don't you say something? And DM pe DM can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? So I wrote this piece called Conflicted, which was literally just about this noise that we live in, you know, um, about just continuously being made to feel like because you, you have some influence, you need to have a position. Right. And it's like, no, I, I, not everything is a position. And if we have to be honest with ourselves, it is literally just because it is our adrenaline hit for the day. It is just our adrenaline hit for the day. We need that hit. So how do we get that hit? Troll somebody else. Just get on them, call them out. Let's go call out. Let's go cancel. Let's go flana. You know? And so those are one of the few things that I'm really, that are really personal and precious to me. And I'm thankful that I'm able to do my spoken word pieces because it's a way for me to realistically get out what is going on inside. Baki, all the other stuff is fun, right? I love making the other stuff. It's great, you know, and, and I, I love comedy, so I'll always do it, right? But those are moments of re- reality for me and peace. My December resolution actually yeah to actually peel back and figure out what I want to say. So yes, I've been doing the podcast all year, but I've not done any of my own content. My own page, my comedy. I've done nothing because these podcasts have really helped me grow because you see a person as a person. Now I realize yeah. that 99% of the shit people say is all projection, right? If somebody looks at me and is like, wow, Shazad's looking really fat. It's probably because even if they're not fat themselves, it's something that they're conscious of. It's something Absolutely. that they're thinking, right? Somebody's going to notice my nose. Somebody's going to notice my hair. Somebody's going to notice my cheeks. Somebody's going to notice how fucking hot I am. And it's up to them. Uh, <laughs> the last person is right. But it says a lot about you more than the other person. And um, 
I know कि ये बातें I I'm still thinking about it in terms of losing and winning, and I should really not. But कुछ हैं Twitter पे accounts who just gain their followers by shitting on other people, and I don't know why. Maybe it was just the place I was in my life. I was just getting out of this really toxic relationship. फिर अपने trauma, अपने issues, whatever. I just felt really unloved, and I made the mistake of turning to social media. And then कोई भी कुछ hateful बात करता था ना, my little response was like, why would you hate me? Why don't you love me? and then just it just got so deep like i got so deep into it it just turned into twitter spats and then like literal breakdowns on twitter no oh, but that's also lovely like i i it's think that not, should be like yeah it's not it just it just it destroys you as a human being right ki ye stranger on like what goes into your mind to go on twitter and be like sadat comedy gave me covid or uh well one thing covid can do is it can infect us like आपको हो क्या रहा है आपकी जिंदगी में कितने मसले हैं कितनी नफरतें मतलब हम इंसान के बच्चे हैं हम भी सोच रहे होते हैं कि हमारे माँ बाप हैं हमारे घर में लोग रह रहे होते हैं आप अगर कैजुअली ट्वीट कर रहे हैं कि चले मेरा ना भी करें किसी का भी कर लें आते वक्त कोविड एंड आई गेट दी विच आई स्टॉप एंगेजिंग बिकॉज इट मेक्स मी ऑल्सो थिंक If all you do is go online every single day and type hateful shit about other people, how hateful is your life? You think about Pakistan, you think about the emotional stress, you think about the emotional abuse people face at home. So, if your mother-in-law gives you shit, or there's abuse, or there's even worse things, and the only power you have is I'm going to make somebody else feel like this. I'm going to go online and say that to somebody, and it takes a lot to ignore all of that, and just it triggers a lot of your feelings as well. But yeah, it's it just. It's hard, yeah. It's hard ignoring, but that's that's the thing that you need to do. So, Abju Kari, yeah, that's what I want to do in December. Just figure out why I want to say it, and if what I'm making at the core, I feel it's important. It's something that needs to be said. Hopefully, I can ignore that hate. And जो लोग करते हैं hate या troll, just realize, yeah, there's a human being on the other side. And empathy वाली बात है कि yeah, the people fucking make mistakes, right? Um, and and just Tweet, tweets, Instagram. These are not places where you get to know people. मतलब I have to watch conversation and I still feel like wow, I just barely scratched the surface. अभी हमने जो content creators वाला किया था, we barely just had a conversation about where you were like, yeah, I also felt a little uncomfortable that everybody was discussing content as business as opposed to content as art. I was like, that's a great thread of conversation to get into. That's something I would like to talk to you about. and i'm glad we did this because but you found a place to relate without like judgment ke, oh this is what this person is and just just talk just, just be human guys just insaan bano yeah well i mean the first thing i wanted to say was i mean the 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 tweet that you said that you put out which was like why do you hate me why don't you love me stupid, I, stupid. so stupid you know, No, no, but honestly, like Shazad, I, I genuinely love that as like a stance or a movement or a trend because it's like, why, why, why hate when you can love? And it's not, and it's not about being the the narcissism of like, why don't you love me? It's not that. It's like why, make why make this the choice? Do you understand? When you could make this the choice. Right, and I think the I think the internet sphere definitely needs more of that. Like I actually appreciate that tweet. Like I'm not on Twitter, but Shana, if I saw it, it is right. That tweet, Joe, just go just try to understand. 
uh, and again, this is something that we I worked on as well on therapy with Sharmi. It was like empathy is that I like do Like two, three times, so I've been labeled an apologist just for having empathy for another person. Like Cyril tweeted yeah. a PIA joke right after the crash. Right, he said PIA great people to fly with except those we kill. So I just replied saying Cyril, you're better than this. Maybe in a year this is funny. Right now it's unconscientious. Delete this. Yeah. That became into a thing of Shahzad's joking about the PIA crash. Shahzad thinks PIA crash will be funny in a year, and you know these certain influencers who think they're going to get a lot of retweets by saying this. Shahzad thinks the PIA crash will be funny in a year. Cancel that asshole and just three hundred retweets, and people are not even going back and seeing originally. Bad, kya hui thi, kya hui thi. But just because Twitter has has their pitchforks out for Cyril, and I said Cyril, you're better than this. Suddenly, I am a Cyril apologist. I'm a big out journalist. I deserve to be cancelled as well. It's it's the worst. It's really fast. So, like I said, I'm not on Twitter. Um, Maybe that's why your mental health is in such a better place. Yeah, I've actually Maybe heard that Twitter why. is. I heard Twitter Twitter is a vicious place, and you know sometimes I'll be tempted to join it, you know, because of my one-off puns and things like that. But but then a lot of times i'm just like it it's it becomes too much social media like i was on twitter for a bit and then i deleted it because i was like it, this is just too much noise for me um but like we we have all seen just how quickly on social media something you say or do becomes something just insane it becomes big it catches on without any uh without any background homework or anything everyone's commenting and everyone's attacking um and I, I wrote a post about it too, that like, you, you know, you have to understand that what we see online are basically like minutes of a person's day. Minutes, you know, it's like, what I'm showing you is a, is a certain amount of time of my day. But if you actually met me and saw the life that I live, you would probably see that there are more similarities between how you and I spend our day versus, you know, differences. So it's it, this whole judgment around like one thing that was written in a moment, like, and I don't want to shit on like everyone else because I understand that like, you know, people with influence, there's the argument about they have a certain responsibility to do better the way that you said Cyril should do better, you know, and I understand that we also have that responsibility, but it comes back to like the Nimra Ali like yeah. conversation. It's like, we're people first, right? We're people first. We make mistakes. You make mistakes, you know, because I, I know a lot of people are like, we make mistakes, but we do it in our private lives, you know? And I'm like, huh, like, it's still a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still a mistake. You know, and, and it, it needs to come from that place. So it's, it's unfortunate. And, but I, I think that Again, like the, when I wrote the, the piece Conflicted, I think it, it, a lot of it has to tie back to Corona. Corona in some ways has exposed a lot about human nature, you know, um, because uh, we only really become, you know, a certain version of ourselves under dire circumstances, right? And we're living under a ginormous dire circumstance. So it's forcing us to be certain ways. Um, but because of that, like, if I know that Shazad is going to be more of an asshole today because he's going through a lot of shit, he just keeps being an asshole to me and I abuse him. Right? He's abusing me. But 
there's there's always a line right like i can take i can take it three times from shazad get like he's being an asshole and i'm going to be like he's having a rough day uski apni zindagi mein ye flama but the minute shazad starts making me a target hmm. right and he starts taking it to another level then i'm like no now you're bullying me you're bullying me and that's where cyberbullying comes from it's like no you're making this a thing but chana we can't do that right so there's a twitter account that has six times the followers as me would say some shit about me every couple of months just the worst things um made fun of me being suicidal matlab is extent par na uh that's terrible i mean and the mazeki baat ye would also take the moral high ground ke because shazad an asshole we're just bullying bully type thing khair fuck it jo bhi hai i can't do that because if i do that if i go back and say something to her that becomes a i keep saying mango bars and the mango bars bola aap sirf hamare naam ko dete hain because you're the most famous one but if i do do that if i say shit it's a mango bars article <laughs> and then nobody's going to be like wait this account was saying shit about shazad for 18 months they're just going to like put my tweet up and then suddenly i'm public enemy number 1 I feel honestly so this is a separate thing and I don't know if this will make the cut or not but like there is no cut used, the entire thing I, I used to love mango bars in the beginning it was fantastic I still love um, <laughs> but something happened to their audience like um I mean like their audience has become especially on Instagram full of like these men that are just hating everything i have like i've done a live session with them or jo comments aa rahe the matlab do you know why do you know why do you know ducky bhai yeah so ducky bhai was like raid mango bars fuck mango bars ducky bhai ki audience kya hai yahan pe imagine kar sakte hain right so, I, i i'm not familiar with him but i saw when he attacked uh, that girl for the dog thing yeah yeah so that's him so wo jo uske incel audience hai वो डकी भाई फैंस कूल बनने के लिए उनका काम ये है कि वेन एवर मैंगो बास गोज लाइव दिस फिफ्टीन ट्वेंटी बॉयज विल ऑल गो बेचारी सजीर एंजल सजीर से अच्छी इंसान सो मच मतलब वो बेचारी टू हैव द करेज टू हैव द पेशेंस मतलब उसके अबू अक्सर वो लाइव देख रहे होते हैं उसकी अम्मी अक्सर लाइव देख रही होती है आप जितनी बकवास करते हैं हम पाकिस्तानी फैमिली वैल्यूज हैं आप रंडी 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 गश्ती रंडी क्या क्या नहीं मतलब क्या आप प्रूफ क्या करना चाह रहे हैं लाइक व्हाट व्हाट द फक व्हाई वुड यू डू दैट यार एंड टू सजीव नाइसेस्ट पर्सन इन द वर्ल्ड या आई नो इट्स इट टेक्स अ लॉट ऑफ पेशेंस टू डील विद पीपल लाइक दैट एंड सो या मैड प्रॉप्स टू हर uh for doing that that's what i was wondering because i was like when did mango bazaar's audience turn because i again i did that live with them and then after that i got featured by them in an article and even on the article like uh, on the post skin niche itne ajeeb ajeeb comments i'm like why why are you like this um my husband did a video like i think a year ago um it was it was basically uh, i i made a video of him it was basically jibran reacting to me getting a dick pic in my dm so it's just him with my phone and responding and mango vaz like they picked that and you know they did an article and it was really fun um but uske niche jo comments aaye the ke you know they were shaming jibran yeah ke how would you let your wife show you a picture of a dick pic you know tum kis tarah ke mard do ki tum iske bare mein baat kar rahe ho you know you should tell your wife ki she shouldn't even dare somebody is like she shouldn't dare come to you yeah your wife must be doing something wrong ki usko dick pics mil rahe hain 
And I was like, you're shaming? What? What? You should change the signboard on your profile that says send dick pics here. Five dollars to the best dick pic. I was really surprised by the amount of comments. And I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's something, but again, it, we, we, you and I both know that there's a certain portion of the Avam that are there. This is what they do. Right. It just goes back to what their lives are. Right. Like you said, Corona shows who you are. I don't think so. It's the worst. Like it's the little worst that everybody's going through. Yes. Some people have it even worse than others. It's a sliding uh, scale. Yeah. But what you do at your worst should not define you, who, define who you are forever. So then, Absolutely. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Like even I made fun of Maria B. I made a video. I get it. I do think us time logo ko bas ek tha. Like people needed a face to hate on. Everybody was homebound. Everybody didn't know what to do. And Maria B was just this convenient, rich yeah. designer woman. So everybody was like, ah, ha, ha. And also like, I'm sure as a comedian, like there's the, there's the, the, the rule Urge. of punching up or punching down, yeah. right? Are you punching up or are you punching down? Right. And, and I love comedians who will mention it like in their standup, you know, I'm still punching up. I'm punching up. You know what I mean? So this cancel culture ka mera ek masla hai ke wo punching up, punching down bilkul nahi factor in karte because identity politics itni aage chali gayi hai that all the focus of these liberal uh, people, students is identity politics but one thing they are completely blind to always is class. Yes, Habib, Lums, IBA all have uh, outreach programs. Yes, everybody is not from the same class in those students. But some of them are. So if you are at an elite academic institution and you may be better off than most people or you go Twitter academic jargon to shame Nimra elite or to shame TikTokers, see where you're coming from. See where you're coming from, what uh, privileges you had, that you had the ability to be there, to learn all of these things that that TikToker may not have. Class will factor in karte log. It's about articulation. Like I realized, you know, a, a lot of the times, again, from a storytelling perspective, a lot of the times it's just because uh, we have been given the opportunity to learn the skills to articulate feelings that average people can't, right? And that's what draws them to a story, to, a, to any storyteller. You know, they're like, the, the way she's saying it is, is something. It's, and again, that is like you said, it has to do with where you're from, what you grew up with, you know, what opportunities you had access to, you know, and I, one thing I always say that, like, I always try to say that the, I could be wrong, right? Just acknowledge that you could be wrong. Like it's the moment we come to anything with like, no, no, this is right. I'm right. I know I'm right. No, no, fuck that dude. You could be wrong. You could be wrong. Take that with you. Um, and I, what I try to do is like, I try to test if, you know, values in Pakistan, I try to take the value and test it in, in foreign waters, right? Just to see how it sits. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is my personal, like, again, this is the way that I've built myself. Um, if a certain value I tested in foreign waters and for some odd reason, it doesn't make sense. Right. If a value is solid, it should work everywhere. Jobio, you, you should be any kind of human being, human being, and it should work. Mm. If it doesn't work, 
then I start asking myself, why am I holding on to it so much if it doesn't work? Now, obviously, depending on your culture, your faith, you know, your religion, there's some values we know it won't work, right? But we want to keep it. And that's fine. That's a personal choice, right? Okay, this value I'm, I feel very is dear to me, right? I call it the umbilical cord syndrome because there's some things we can't cut. We just can't. Right, because it will shatter, like I said, the foundation of your brain chemistry. If you're a Pakistani so, mom, then there is nothing you can cut. Your yeah. the umbilical cord remains throughout <laughs> forever. You it over to the wife, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're But like that's the thing. Like you have to test your values to see whether it works or not, mm-hmm. and and be okay with the knowledge that you could be wrong about something. You could be wrong, um, and have that conversation the best i feel like the best conversations happen when you come into a conversation like going like i could be wrong you could be wrong let's hear what we have to say and take away what we want take away what you want they don't argue to actually understand neil brennan yeah. was also one of my favorite comedians he has this great bit he's like i'm not 100 percent anything at most i'm a 60 70 percent something uh or something i've started saying this year is i am not my opinion and Unfortunately, self-defense mechanisms, trauma that they've grown up with. A lot of people in Pakistan, especially, are wooden houses on stilts in a tsunami. They don't really have that core built up. They just have self-defense mechanisms built up that they've huddled together and made a personality out of it. So religion, culture, belief, it's so fundamentally tied to who they are that an attack on that, and it can even be something cultural it can even be factual agar main sirf itna bhi bol dun ki nahi 1971 war mein pakistan ne galat kiya tha it's yeah. like your entire belief system that wooden house that you've created suddenly this this the water is rising and suddenly the titanic's underwater ke kaise phir to meri hazar cheeze jo uske upar banayi hai maine aap mere basement ko agar challenge kar rahe hain mera sixth floor kaise rahega and now if I'm 30 years old and I've built 30 yeah. floors and you're like, no, wait, aapke basement mein water damage hai, building jayegi. Yeah. You're just exactly. going to start attacking that person personally. You know, you are the asshole because even though that person is talking about your opinion, you don't see it as such. You see it as an attack on your person. Yeah. And ultimately we come, it comes down to our self, self-perceived ideas of morality, you know, because we all want to tell ourselves that we're good people. Right. We want to go like, nee, nee. you know, like, especially when it comes to things like, you know, sexism or racism, you know, you're like, Meto sexist nee, you. Meto racist nee, you. You know, because you're, but you know what I mean? It's like, we have this thing that we want to tell ourselves, no, no, we're, we're good people. So we don't want to check ourselves either. Right. Because we, we've told ourselves, ki hum hi hai. Is mein jo aapne shaming ki baat ki thi na, I think that factors in, because even if someone check, kare, they, they're so afraid that I'm going to this label. Ke uh, that nobody actually comes out. So, for instance, things like assault, red line, okay, and literally criminal offense. By the way, bus karne kehna, uh, every single person is welcome on the podcast, but probably the most asked for guest is Junaid Akram. Junaid Akram is welcome to come on the podcast, but there's a series of sexual harassment allegations against him. As long as he's willing to talk about those, he can come on, putting it out there. So, um, yeah, red line, sexual assault, crimes, yeh wo. But if someone has harassment, ki, let's say, 
शर्मीन की बहन का जो डॉक्टर था जिसने फ्रेंड रिक्वेस्ट भेज दी एब्सोलूट सेक्सुअल हरासमेंट है एब्सोलूट बाउंड्री क्रॉसिंग है बट इफ कम्स ऑनलाइन एंड सेज वेट आई हैड नो फकिंग आइडिया आई एम रियली सॉरी आई विल नेवर डू दैट अगेन फॉर मी दैट्स इट फिर ठीक है अब आप पिच फोक लेके उसके पास ना जाए तो नो बडी एक्चुअली डज दैट नो बडी एक्चुअली सेज ओ वेट आई जस्ट वॉज मिस इनफॉर्म आई नो आइडिया आई एम सॉरी नो बडी जस्ट डज दैट इवन yeah or if if people in power are doing it now they're doing it because they're afraid you know um you know like for example one of the biggest conversations like kevin spacey right like if kevin spacey just apologizes like well he molested a minor so yeah but you know what i mean like but like a lot of people are like oh if he just apologizes for what he you know what was done in the past it's like is he apologizing cuz he means it like what is he still doing in his private life i don't know I don't know. You know, this is it's just it's I don't know, it's a mess. Did you follow the Aziz Ansari case? Yes and no. I heard a bit about it um and I know that it was a little more gray than anything else. So um he asked a girl for a blow job and she she didn't say anything, she gave it, but later on the next day she was like, you know, I was really not into it. and aziz texted back saying oh i'm really sorry i didn't pick up on a vibe so when mm-hmm. the times up me to movement happened that girl posted that you know i was really i didn't want to i just gave it because he asked and aziz was like i'm really sorry i had no idea i just didn't read the vibe and the problem is that for millions of women they've been in the same situation and they know exactly the feeling what happens and ye kafi logon ne likha tha ki aziz ansari was an easy um target target because of race as well if that was a white guy maybe it wasn't such a big issue you cannot ignore the racism uh, angle especially in america so, so much of this place together so aziz ansari wore a times up badge on the oscars and everybody's like how dare you how fucking dare you and i was like yaar kya kare aur aziz ansari it's not the same thing louis ck got it a lot better than aziz ansari Yeah, Kevin Spacey got a lot better than Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari yeah. is now like literally articles. क्या आते हैं? Bill Cosby and Aziz Ansari are still performing. I'm like, wait, Bill Cosby and Aziz Ansari is as if yeah. that is the same thing. I think um, the Me Too movement has been very revealing about gender dynamics in general. You know, so it's like we're learning about again. We're having to check ourselves. You know, I had to check myself to go like when I was growing up. and you know i started like obviously you know doing things with boys i'm asking myself when were times and i remember them you know the times when i was like i let myself do something but i didn't want to i definitely felt there was this over there was this pressure to do it you know and in situations like that women tend to blame themselves you know because it's like you were there you consented but then consent becomes a bit murky based off of who you're with what is the situation what room you're in you know when you it's all about power dynamic when yeah. you see that certain the, the power is shifted and a lot of things around you are happening that are making it so that you are in this position you're probably going to end up doing the thing because not a lot of like men will argue or even women i would never be in that position why you put yourself in that position you know why were you with that boy or like 
it, it, these arguments, it's like, first of all, we're shaming women for sexuality, which I do not approve mm. of at all, because women have every right to explore their sexuality the way men do. It's totally okay. It's natural. Um, so that aside, again, we're placing blame on the woman for exposing herself to something that should have been a, an enjoyable, freeing experience. But something shifts. And it's happened to me many times when I was growing up. Something shifts. And we just don't know how to verbalize it. Because, you know, a lot of women are like, we're strong. Not every woman's like that. I'm a strong woman. And I have been in positions where I didn't know what to say. And I just went through with it. Because I was like, and I, at the, and again, I blamed myself at the end. I was like, but it really wasn't. Do you understand? I think one show that does a really good job at going through consent is um, May I Destroy You. Have you seen it? No. It's a BBC show. Uh, fan it has Michaela Cole in it. Fantastic show. She wrote the show. She's in the show. It, uh, I, I mean, the, the premise, without giving it everything away, basically she gets uh, date raped that very in the very first episode. And she was on heavy drugs. And obviously there's a lot of people like, she was on drugs, it was her fault. But it explores consent, not just through her perspective or what she goes through, but through her friends. And you see that consent is so great because everyone is going through some breach of consent. They just don't know it, you know? Um, so I would really, really recommend watching that show. It was, it was something that I feel like, and, and again, it wasn't just women, there were men in the show that were, there were breaches of consent. Right. And they just for, for, you know, this with men, there's breaches of consent all the time, actually. Um, and they just, again, because of the ideas that have been forced into their minds about what a man is, they don't say it. Like situations individually, like even in Aziz's case, I don't know what the fuck happened. Maybe he misused his power. Maybe it was quite clear what she meant and she wasn't into it. The, the discussion is, like I've also been in that place where I was tripping on LSD and on LSD all you want to do is just be in nature, look at the stars. So I was passed out on the ground looking at the stars. We were playing music middle of nowhere and I was with a girl and we were holding hands but I was just looking at the stars and all I wanted to do was listen to music, look at the stars and suddenly started kissing me and I was like, wait, what? And I'm tripping balls. But I'm not really comfortable and the next day, I was just like, of course, it's your fault, Hazard. Like, you're in the middle of nowhere, lying in a ground with a girl, holding hands, putting on music, tripping. Of course, it's your fault. Like, and yes, I get dynamics because um, male advances often come with the threat of violence and have a history of violence attached. So they're never the same. Yeah. So fear, but, right? Fear yes. comes into play. Yeah. And power dynamics. So what gender dynamics, power dynamics, they all need to play a part in the discussion. But if people have fucked up in gray lines, in gray areas, maybe have the space for them to come out and be like, hey, listen, I fucked up. This yeah. is how I fucked up. This is how I will never fuck up again. Not just for PR, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. Do, do things better. Like whoa, Kevin Hart... I thought he should have hosted the Oscars. He said, yeah, I made a joke about gay people. Yeah. I thought it was funny. It was cultural. For the past, that was 12 years ago. I haven't done anything like that in the past 12 years. This is what my behavior has been in the past 12 years. What the fuck else should I do? Then he went on cheating on his wife and doing a bunch of That's other, the whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but Did you watch the documentary on Netflix? 
Kevin Hart. Yeah. Yeah, I like the documentary. I thought it was I better than his specials. I thought it was yeah, so much better than his specials. <laughs> I know. I really liked it. I was surprised. I didn't think I would, but I did. But I really I liked Kevin Hart's position on that. He was like, I've addressed it. I've apologized. I am not going to let that energy come into my life again. I'm done. Yeah. I was like, yehi karna chahiye. Yeah, because it's a specter then. It's like a ghost from your past that keeps haunting you. Yeah, you like know? even Sajir ko mein ye ki yes, you say it doesn't bother you, but being in that negative energy week in, week out, yeah. it comes out in other ways. Ab ye thoda psychedelic ho jayengi, but vibes and energies, I do believe in that. If you yeah, are yeah. around negative energy all the time, that finds a way in you. And you, you probably don't even realize no and again it's again it's the power of words again if you tie it back to science if you hear a certain word over and over again if i grow just keep hearing the word slut over and over again over and over again my brain is internalizing that it's telling me i am a slut and then i because i am told over and over again that i'm a slut then i'm going to internalize that and start acting like a slut right like i'm literally just going to keep telling myself and then I will start treating myself poorly, even though like I'll, I'll, like I'll basically when I, again, I want to be very clear about this. There's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with women exploring themselves sexually for fuck's sake, do it literally. OK, but but when we when we and I'm speaking from experience, when we grow up being shamed over and over again for these behaviors, it comes out in the worst ways. We make the worst mistakes. We allow, you know, whoever we're indulging with sexually to treat us poorly. We give them the power because we think that there's something wrong with us for having any of these desires to begin with. And that is the rabbit hole. So just not it's the energies. It is, it is everything that keeps reinforcing certain ideas we have about ourselves. You know, and, and that's extremely problematic. You know, we, we just become the train wreck. You know, it's going there because we're continuously um, forced to deal with this. So I always say, like, again, say you're wrong, accept it, say you're sorry, accept it, evolve and move on. That's just life, you know? Maybe you also need to have different conversation with young adults. Like, I think some of the most powerful work being done uh, Mariam Shafkat Guraya is reappropriating the word gashti, where she's like, gashti Chado, kya tum log? Tum log mujhe bolte ho, no? It's like reappropriating the N-word, or it's like what uh, Rabia did with soul bitches. Like, okay, we've been called bitches all our life. We're gonna yeah. own it. We're gonna reappropriate it. And that's all real, real powerful work. Mad yeah. respect for all of that work. But if you're 16, if you're 17, and boys and girls sub are like, yes, latte, yes, latte. And then you're comfortable doing six things, but you're not comfortable doing the other three. Like you said, you're going to feel that way, right? So if you're comfortable with six boys at 4 a.m., which absolutely nothing is fucking wrong with that if you're friends. But in that moment, you're like, oh, if I'm here, these ugly already So I don't have agency over the next three things that will happen because I've taken the decision to do the first six. That's yeah, the problem. That's yeah, the problem with these words. you have the same boys turn around and tell you that you were And then you'll blame yourself. That's why a lot of us, we don't actually tell people the, 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 the things, the wrong things that happened to us because 
we are afraid that we're going to be told that it was our fault. You know, okay, why did you put yourself in that position at all? Yeah, I mean, why, I'm... why, or, or, not sexual empowerment, or, sexual empowerment. Yeah, this conversation is a lot more right? To have both things. To, uh, like, for instance, uh, is that inappropriate? That's absolutely fucking inappropriate. Uh, it's even more than harassment. It's probably assault if you're looking at somebody doing that. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's absolutely nothing wrong with masturbation and we need to stop the, the stigma around masturbation. It's very normal. Everybody should fucking masturbate. Uh, I wanted to, so one of the things I wanted to do, which I have done. Lekin, lekin, like public masturbation, if middle of nowhere, akela kar rahe, maybe I'm fine with that, actually. I mean, I think it really comes down to what are we doing socially and culturally, right? Because like, first of all, publicly indecency, we, we don't just show our genitals on the street, right? We don't. So it's like you're, you're exposing your genital. Should we? Now, there's like, got to be a fine for it, but it depends on the level of punishment. Yeah, but again, like, let's say nude beach, ethically, morally, morally, I have no problem with that. Yeah, a nude beach is fine because it's a nude beach. And then it's presumed that you're going to be nude on the beach. Yeah, but if there's a homeless person, if he's in the middle of nowhere, park mein, raat mein, if he's jerking off, what the fuck is the problem with that? I mean, if he's, lit- if he's literally in the middle of nowhere on his own and he's jerking off, that's his life. Yeah, that's, all, that's what I believe as well. But it would, it would technically be a crime then. No? I mean, I, I think it depends on who you're exposing yourself to. It depends on mm. whether you're exposing yourself to other people. Because then again, that's, so that's about worse crime. Because it comes back to consent. Those it's a worse not- crime if you expose yourself to other people. But I think even if you're jerking off in public, that's still a crime. It's still public indecency, even if there's no public there. Yeah, because again, it comes back to consent. Th- those people did not consent to your display. But Find a private place to masturbate. Find the, like, literally... Closest to private that you can. Find the closest bush. Yeah, I guess because, again, it, because you have to understand it comes back to like, what are you exposing other people to? It can be very damaging mentally, right? Because if we normalize masturbating in public visually to other people, then we're, we're normalizing a lot of behaviors that, you know, young children will feel like if, you know, my uncle pulls out his dick in, in front of me, that's fine. That's no, not fine. But you know what I mean? So we have to like, that's like, what I'm that, These are drawing the lines also, right? So like, Probably same morality argument log breastfeeding pickering, which is an absolute bullshit argument. It's different because of the simple fact that one is literally sexual in nature in the sense that it is inciting and arousing, right? If why do people watch porn? Because it is arousing them. Right? A lot of this is culturally contextualized as well, right? So for instance, yeah. female and male nipple may as such biologically. But in terms of how society or culture perceives them, zameen asman ka farak hai between the male nipple and the female nipple. There was a comic book illustration that I really liked about how um, a guy basically became transgender and became a woman, right? So like the, the picture was like before he was a man and he was shirtless, it was okay. And the minute he became transgender, he, like now he can't show his chest. 
you know, because now it's a woman. There's a really great uh, short film, I'll send it to you. It's called, it's a French short film. It's called Oppressed Majority. And um, it's, it, it's basically the world flipped where the women are the men, right? And it starts, and I love the way it's done. It starts with a woman in her track pants, just jogging shirtless. She's just jogging because, and it's just normal. And I love that. I love that. In 2012, called Zanana Banana, which was the same, where we just flipped everything. Just flipped everything. And then we did a version of that called Motarma, please, as well. Uh, I don't know. Like, again, I'm, I, I think... I don't Sorry? know whether it's problematic, Oga, but we had a scene where a girl was looking at a boy and was like, Peace to bada che che. I mean, that's what we're used to. Yeah. That's what happens to us our whole lives. It's about how are you making the other person uncomfortable? You know, it's like you're making somebody else uncomfortable. You know, it's like, th- this is where the whole conversation is, is like, are, are, is, if you're attracted to somebody are you not allowed to express it of course you're allowed to express it but there are ways of doing it and you and i both know what that is yeah. you know um if you're harassing somebody on the street literally that is the the worst way to go about it um it, my husband uh, you know he actually mentions this a lot because he actually mentioned this in the dick pic video he's like if your intention as a hetero man is to like seduce or attract this woman how is presenting your junk like the way like if your goal is sex i think this girl is hot i want to have sex with her your the approach is wrong right literally assaulting somebody in that way is the wrong way you are not going to make it now this is a separate baat ke incels ko lagte that they'll never get us to begin with yeah so they think because they'll never get us they just want to assault us that's a problematic you know thing overall that the, the mentality of an incel, right? But if you're literally just a guy that's like, I'm trying to attract this woman, your job is to then do it the right way, you know? And, and vice versa. I think when we talk about RAPE, we don't really talk about the culture. A lot of that, even if I'm flirting, sari techniques are technique from hooting on the street to pressing your horn. Uh, they're all about reducing the agency of women to an object, to a, to a sexual being. It's not that it's like that's the way to get her. And it starts, again, like you said, it doesn't, like, it doesn't start with it, right? Like, it's the culture, it's, it's how you perceive them. It's what we've kind of taught ourselves and our women, our, our, our men, you know, it's just, ugh, it's like a lot. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think that Zoomers, I mean, to any Zoomers that are listening, God bless you. They're very aggressive. <laughs> they're like, you know, um, like we were talking about how like the boomers are like, they don't, they, they're the, they're the, they're like, they call us the millennials. They think millennials are selfish, but boomers, I think are the, are the selfish self-preservation. Don't give a fuck about anybody else. They just want money and blah, blah, blah. The Gen Xers, the who are like 10 years older than us and you know they're the bum generation like they're called the bum generation because they didn't do anything they just let it happen right they were like this is a fucking shit show let it happen the millennials are called the empathetic uh generation because we brought back empathy right we we're the ones who stopped going like no no i have to get this job we were like but why am i getting this job <laughs> you know what i mean we did that right where we, we were, were too we're nice trying- 
our generation got fucked yeah so we was boomers be militant hain aur zoomers be militant hain yeah so zoomers exactly so zoomers are the ones who like they came, they they learn off of us they took the empathy but then they turned it into like we're going far now and we're just going to attack and shame and kill and you know and and any zoomers listening listen bro i feel you we are, again i'm a millennial we feel that's what we do but you have to understand it's about conversation it's you can't win by shutting out the other side you can't do it जो पार्कलैंड वाले बच्चे थे आई डोंट नो इफ यू फॉलोड दैट केस आई जस्ट हैव सो मच रिस्पेक्ट फॉर दोस किड्स किड्स वर लाइक नो 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 फक योर कांग्रेस फक दिस रेड टेपिज्म समथिंग गेट्स फकिंग डन दैट्स द वे टू गो अबाउट इट आई थिंक आई थिंक इट्स अ ग्रेट ग्रेटा थॉर्नबर्ग पाकिस्तान में डी ग्रेड लाने लाते लाते इसका ए प्लस कैसे आ गया So now somebody from Pakistan can achieve that. You've raised the ceiling for us, Malala. So no wonder people are like, "Fuck this child." Oh, it's just—it's disgusting the things they say about about Malala. Honestly, it's—it's it's disgusting. But it's again. I mean, I've tied a lot of this back to the colonial era. You know, it's our colonial heritage that has a huge part to play. You know, I often say that when Gore came. ठीक है उन्होंने ये किया बिकॉज दे वर दे वर स्मार्ट राइट तो उन्होंने कहा कि अच्छा कुछ लोग यहाँ पे होंगे देर बी आर लेबर देर डू द वर्क ठीक है लेकिन टू क्रिएट कॉम्पिटिशन हम इस तरह करते हैं कि उनमें से हम कुछ दस मतलब चूज करेंगे एंड विल टर्न दम इन टू लाइक आर राइट हैंड मैन कि तुम अब नवाब हो ये तुम्हारी जमीने हैं ठीक है ये तुम अब यूर नाव असर एंड द नवाब इन सर्स एक्सेट्रा उन्होंने फिर कहा कि अच्छा Uh, I've been given this land, and I've been given some kind of favoritism by the white man. Now I need to just—there must be something special about me. The rest of you are beneath me. I am now like the white man, and I'm going to just stay and be like the white man, right? And that's where it started, right? The haves and the have-nots, and us. I, I, I'm sure you've met. You know exactly the kind of family I'm talking about. You, jo old Lahore ke families nahi hote, ठीक है जो the angrees left a billion years ago but they still hold on ki i was with fla sir mount mount baden but like whoever mm-hmm. right ki hamare un jagahon se taluk hai right and it's like bro shut the fuck up no one gives a shit you know I but we but we've held on to that that to to segregate and that i think further fed into because honestly it comes back to survivalism as well gore jo the they were our lords so we wanted to survive right so we as desis feel this need to survive ki and and it's fed into our like you said culture it's fed into uh the jobs we get who we marry you know ki rishta kahan se aaya right because we need to make sure that we are still surviving we we're, we're living in desperation still i think you know and that's one of the key players in this because desperation means survival of the fittest which means we're going to make everybody unfit and we're we're going to be fit ऑफ नीड्स के पिरामिड में हम अभी बेसमेंट में पिरामिड से नीचे जो था ना हम अभी वहां पर हैं बट कलोनियलिज्म नेवर एक्चुअली एंडेड हियर बिकॉज़ वी डोंट रियली ग्रैपल विद फैक्ट्स राइट 
कौन है अमीर पाकिस्तान में अगर आपकी फैमिली 1947 में अमीर थी कैसे अमीर थी आइर यू वर लैंड लॉर्ड बेनिफिटिंग ऑफ स्लेव लेबर और यू वेंट अगेंस्ट योर ओन पीपल एंड गॉड अ फेवर फ्रॉम द ब्रिटिश दो रिच लिजेट दो तरीके थे ये वर्किंग क्लास रिच कोई नहीं था उसमें आइर यू फक्ट योर ओन पीपल और यू वर ऑलवेज अ लैंड लॉर्ड नवाब बेनिफिटिंग ऑफ स्लेव लेबर Or maybe in '47 you got a bureaucratic position in the government or the Muslim League, and then made some money through that. Kuch corruption kiya, jo bhi kiya. So three tarikhe the apke amir hone ke. So agar ap show off kar rahein, you know my family. Well, bro, we know how your family got rich. <laughs> it was it was off the back of the blood of your own it's people. It's now status, though. It's now status. Ki ap to flan ki, you know. um but again it just it's created culture now you know it's in in our especially in south asia you know um that's why we aspire to be a certain way all the time and that's why we'll compare ourselves to each other till the end of time um and we really need to i mean we need to change that and it's happening very slowly i would say but it is you know um but yes I mean, awareness culture change all these things i think economic upliftment is a lot basic need for that even in the us the reason you're having a lot of these detailed conversation and boomers mein empathy nahi hai to wo baat agar sahi bhi kare to wo itni la ilmi aur last baghair samjhe samjhe karte hain so when they're like you know like a boomer opinion would be cuz these people don't have actual uh, things to fight about that's why blm yeah. has these uh, racist language issues because in their in our time there was segregation slavery which were real issues uh fuck you <laughs> uh literally police is murdering black people that's quite a real issue they literally say yeah. that matters zyada kuch mang bhi nahi rahe kehne bas hamari zindagi ahmiyat rakhte hain but the fact that you're having conversations about christopher columbus or wait why why do we have statues of lee is because economically this is a better time civil war ke baad aap ye conversation nahi kar sakte the no of course civil war ho jati yeah so, so economic upliftment bahut zaruri hai for us to have these serious conversations yeah and i and i often say that like you know obviously i grew up in pakistan um but i i i'm not blind to the fact that i now live in the us and therefore just by sheer exposure i'm able to do things that i could i could not do forget women in pakistan and large but i lived in pakistan there were a lot of things i just couldn't do yeah. right we, we and, can all see how overexposed you are with the light hum exposure hame nazar aa rahe khidkiyon se nikalta hua exposure aa raha hai um but but like making joke but um but honestly like it, it, there's just a lot of things that you know it, whatever you're exposed to helps your brain grow again it just it's about exposing your brain to something new and letting it grow and the more freedom that i have the more i'm allowed to grow intellectually you know spiritually you know whatever emotionally and again it comes back to where are you born what are your circumstances because again a lot like i said self awareness is often a luxury you sh- it doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue it if you can pursue it but at the same time you know if you aren't in a position to because of your circumstance then i understand why right if you know like 
a lot of the concepts or beliefs and thoughts that I had growing up in Pakistan, I, n- I now no longer have, but I held them when I was in Pakistan because I w- it was reinforced all the time by everyone I met. Everyone I met reinforced it, right? Now I'm in a place where I don't have that kind of reinforcement, so I have the luxury of questioning them, right? But if I didn't have the luxury of questioning them, then maybe I'd still hold on to a lot of um, you know, self-hating values, right? Um, so that's why it's like, you know, it's about, like you said, you know, socioeconomic uplifting exposure. I would say education is one thing. Enlightenment and evolution is different, right? Because, you know, you know, as, as well as I do, okay, it may families in Pakistan, Oxford, Harvard, but only get married into this family because we have to, we're pedigree. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, bro, so, can't come to the events this weekend. I'm going to go to the house Like, bro, you Ivy League. And this is a true, this is an actual person. Ivy League graduate, he has to go to the house and get his parents to go to the house. Yeah, so it's, I mean, this is like, we could talk about this till the end of time. I just, again, I, I would say, Whatever I, whenever I put my views out there, I think like this is the general disclaimer. I don't. I'm. I. I'm saying it as I'm feeling it. I'm saying it as I think it. It could change tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because I am willing to accept that I could be wrong about everything. And I, like I said, the biggest, the biggest realization with this was again, if I die tomorrow and it's the freaking Greeks, it's what it is. <laughs> you know, I was wrong the whole time. It was Aadhe the freaking. <laughs> Every time something goes wrong in the world, you 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 peel back the layers and turns out Jews got got horny. That's that's half that's the reason crazy. things yeah. go wrong. Yeah. Sex yeah. drives the world. They can male male Turk. But you're right, yeah. It's also just like you know, like a male Turk, It's it's a disservice to 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 men because it's like, bro, like. That means you don't have control over your own body. You know, it's like, it means you don't have agency. You control, you know, that means you don't have simple control over yourself. Yeah. What power do you have? Even from an Islamic angle, when people are like, then you're like, wait, 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 either say yes you are the most basic creature that has ever been Use, pick a lane yeah or say you're the best of all you can't be both and like again i'm not a misandrist so i always say like for me I mean, I'm not saying women are the answer, but I often say that, look, the, the world as we know it is patriarchal in nature as a system, right? The structure has been laid out. We have not seen the flip side. We have not seen what if, you know, again, you know, there's lots of stories that have been written, written about it. If the world was actually matriarchal and we had women in power, I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Let's just make it equal. Let bring your values. I listen, I fucking love men. There's like, you guys are fucking brilliant. I would not be who I am today if I wasn't exposed to the awesome men in my life who gave me the awesome ideas in literature, in film, in history and everything. So props to the good ones, right? The hashtag not all men ones. Um, William Shakespeare was a woman. 
<laughs> but I mean, again, this also like, I mean, I want to be very clear. This also just negates, I mean, we're not even giving agency to the trans community, the intersex community, the non-binary community. It's like, there's just so much. There's so much that you could unpack it's, with this. It's the assumptions which are the problem, right? Like for years, everyone assumed that everything that's been invented in cells like why are you using something that's been invented by man? <laughs> so somebody discovered that the first calendar was on 28 days and it was just assumed that a man came up with it till a woman was like, wait a minute, what fucking man was marking 28 days on a bone? Why the fuck would a man be marking 28 days? And we were like, wait, this must have been a woman who came up with this calendar because it's Zoom stuff. Ke obviously, calendar banai to madnu nahi banaya hoga, na? <laughs> obviously. 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 Even there's archaeological evidence now where they're like, wait, kisne ye bola ke men would go and hunt and women would just gather berries. They're like, ye kahan se aaya assumption? They're like, no, we found evidence that they were female hunters. But we've just assumed, ke obviously. Ye to biology hai, na? Ye to hoga. Yeah. Those are the problems where you have these assumptions of gender roles, where you take things to be natural. And in terms of women in power, a lot of times we liberal identity politics focus karte. Yay, Kamala Harris, first black woman VP. Yeah, but was also a cop. Uh, also put uh, single mothers in jail. There's a lot of problems. So just because somebody's a woman is not reason enough. Uh, Hillary Clinton elect It's just what the American imperialist system is. Maybe the system is masculine. That's that's the problem. We need maybe we need both. I often think of that actually. I, I I often think about like again, just not the way we care about energies. I think the energy has been leaning one way for too long. And women to survive have bought into that system because any woman, as you we all know, yeah. if if we have been told that you are the underling, we are going to do what we can to survive right? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, you know, fit into that system. We're going to suck up to the men. We're going to do what they want us to do because it's for us to survive and get ahead. Right. And that's been one of the biggest problems because this, again, I always say it's the patriarchy. The system is flawed. Yeah. Right. And, and it hurts everybody. It's hurting every people of all genders, you know, and, and, and races. And that's the biggest thing that we need to critically view the system and see how can we be better and make it a merger of all peoples. The two, two of the most successful women in Pakistan and everybody who's worked with them are like, they're such a B-I-T-C-H. And I'm like, they have to be. For them to be the only female CEO in that industry, they've seen what they need to, be, to do. And they've, they've, they're playing the gender role of a man because they've realized that if I survive in this industry, people respect me. I need to be the man. So just because... Yeah, and if a man does the same thing, the, the, the man will not receive the same treatment at all. Yeah, yeah. And even if The minute if we're do, assertive, the minute we're assertive, we're bossy. Has anyone ever called a man bossy? Like, yeah, even if they do, it'll be restricted to the individual, right? It'll be like Shazad Asoda. Rather than all women are asshole because I had an asshole woman boss. Sari aisi hoti hai. Mera usne dil toda. Sari aisi hoti hai. Ab ye sab ko jo hai na. Witches ko. It's very hard. It's very hard to break these things. But again, I think like 
Man, especially one of the things, again, the love-hate relationship with social media, like we are inundated with information. We are inundated. It can drive you insane. But the pro of that is that the answers are in front of you now, right? You can actually find like a better path. You're no longer- Always in front of you. This noise has distracted us from those answers. Yeah, yeah. It's like now everything is like a quick Google to find a differing point of view. You know, it's a quick question online. Reddit, just ask a question and you'll get a billion answers. But China, don't you think instinctively answers are paas, right? Like for instance, everybody's equal. Everybody deserves love. Ye revolutionary yes. ideas Ye revolutionary yes, ideas yes and no. Yes and no. Because yes, obviously, like these are certain values, principles, right? Everyone's equal, right? But then again, your culture, your religion, your society, they all started adding layers and caveats. Equal but, equal if, Separate right? And that's what happened, you know? Um, we just, we, you know, I often say like being born a Muslim we are the best of all peoples. Now, if you believe in that notion, right? Okay, we are the best of all peoples, then automatically you've decided that Christians are less than him. So that has, and especially the day you're born, you're told this, right? So then obviously we're going to go through life going like, yes, equal, equal, equal. But inside, I know I'm better than you because I'm going to, you know what I mean? So it's like, these are the things that have forced us. So on the one hand, you're absolutely right. What these things are, it's common sense, right? What you're saying is common sense. Common sense dictates that equality is, is what the path we should take. But it's all these additional labels and things that, that have colored our perspective of other people. I think John Locke said that the first time somebody put a boundary up and said this belongs to me, that was the invention of private property. So I'm going to go first. Before any of these notions were created where, hey, I'm your leader, I'm, I'm the captain now. I think people believe in those things where we're traveling around the world and we're So some things like yoga, <laughs> like workout, go for a run. You need to see the sun for a bit every single day. Or you'll be depressed. It's come to the extent where I was also considering buying that light that mimics the sun so that you feel less depressed in the winters. Because uh, generally, like, it is depressing as fuck. Yeah, so, it is. But if you go to Native Americans, they'll be like, you I mean, if you look at a dog, you don't take a dog out for a walk. For a yeah. couple of days, the dog will fucking go insane. But somehow we assume that it's a human brain power even if we spend six days in the basement, we don't fucking need to see the sun. No, you're the same. You don't go for a walk for a week. They should watch Cosmos. Just watch Cosmos and watch the evolution of the human body. And you'll realize we're not that far from what we were evolution-wise. So we are still very much animals. We are still very much a part of the animal kingdom in terms of the way our bodies have developed. The only difference is that, yes, we have the best brains, right? And that gives us self-awareness. But otherwise, like, yeah, there's a lot of things that, I mean, simple feelings. It comes from nature and it comes from life, you know? So it's just, it's, it's I don't know. It's a lot. And I just... It's just uh, minimalists uh, have less things to yourself have less things that 
यू मीन टू बी योर सेल्फ नीचे ने भी ये भी बहुत खूबसूरत बात की थी कि इवन मोरलिटी हैज अ ब्यूटी स्टैंडर्ड इफ यू केल अ मौत इफ यू केल अ कॉकरोच योर अ हीरो बट इफ यू केल अ बटरफ्लाई योर अ विलन just just yeah. see ki aapki morality kahan se aa rahi hai so like and what i try to do is you like for me personally i act, like again i went through a moment of i'm going to just remove the labels right because uh, ever since we are born like i'm born i am female i and because i'm female i dress a certain way i look a certain way Th- and these weren't things that i didn't come up with people told me mm-hmm. right people told me ki aapko pink pasand hai aapko ye gaane acche lagte hain aapko and so then and then obviously then add in like the label of okay i am pakistani and within being pakistani i'm pathan within pathan i'm this and then you know so you're adding all these labels so take a mo- i was to ask people like take a moment to just for a moment start taking one off one off just take them off slowly just go, get into your head into your cerebro and just take all the labels off once you're rid of all of them sit with yourself inside whatever that is and then ask yourself which ones do i want back which label sits well with me and then decide because again it comes back to agency no one asked us whether we wanted to be any of these things they just told us right decide for yourself what sits well with you that's why i have a lot of um like compassion and respect for people who are non binary or transgender because they decided you know they took that stance they 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 fought their fear they found the courage to find what label suited them and that takes balls it really takes a lot of courage to do that in the world that we live in you know um but it's 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 an easier way to just find who you identify with who what label works for you because everything that you know about yourself somebody else gave to you you didn't give it to yourself bahut mehnat ka kaam bata rahi hain ye mat kare sirf ye kaam khud ho jayega just just shrooms ka ek packet kar le ye jo sari cheeze bata rahi hain khud ho jayenge this one day on an lsd trip i reached the cosmic highway or at least that's what i saw it as and there was a little blue light and there was some entity like this large entity and was like if we shut this blue light off would you be fine with that and like yeah of course i would be and subconsciously i knew that this blue light's my life and then the entity would come close to shutting that off and be like nahi 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 and i got stuck in that loop i like my life my decisions everything flashed before my eyes and this kept happening jis tarah wo doctor strange ke end mein nahi hota dormammu i'm here then he dies and comes back us tarah ke loop mein till again it felt like hours to me but probably was minutes in real human being minutes yeah i was like yeah i'm fine with that i've i've come to terms with this whatever this blue light represents my life and i've come to terms with that and then it was shut off and i in my head i was convinced ke bas khatam ho raha obviously i came out of that trip but uh, it's it's important to grapple with who you are where you've come from and what you want to create which is what my new year resolution is ke kehna kya chahte ho or wo kaho well that's exciting i'm excited to see what you come up with cuz you're fucking hilarious so you should Thanks. do what you want to do you were fucking hilarious i was told they're like shana about serious insaan i'm like she's a comedian what the fuck are you guys talking about it's but you know there, there there's truth to that because like i'm one of those i i often ask myself that like in life i'm not very like 
I'm not, you know, like there's people who go into rooms and are lively and cracking jokes. And I'm not like that. I'm not like this lively cracking joke person. But I always say that like, I'm the person that notices the elephant in the room and then says it, you know? I am so that's, the elephant in the room, so. <laughs> so for me, that's where the comedy comes from. Like uh, comedy is how, um, and you know, like comedians are commentators on life right? So that's where it comes from for me. It's like communicating an idea comes from like, I'm feeling something, I'm seeing something, but I'm going to present it in a comedic way because that's what comes naturally to me. But yeah, in a room, if you met me, like, yeah, I'm not the loud cracking joke person. I'm not the one that's being that person, but I'm I'm absorbing and then thinking and then creating. cultural, especially I think Pakistani idea of a comedian is that. Like sometimes if I post something serious, people are also like, Tom comedian, oh, you've missed your lane. Tom, kya baat kar Main insaan nahi Can I not have an opinion <laughs> about things? Can, they're like, this wasn't funny. I'm like, this wasn't meant to be funny. Because yeah. humne wo comedians ka socha hai. Ya, le, yeah. like people we watch growing up, Umar Sharif, or insult comedians, or that Punjabi joke. Yeah. That's what we think of as comedy. Yeah. Whereas may, maybe if someone Maria Bamford, they'll be like, kya hai? Kaun hai? Yeah, even Mitch Hedberg, you wouldn't, see him in a room and be like this is a comedian you know he's one of yeah. the best comedians that has ever lived i will say the the few specials i've seen i i mean obviously i love hannah gatsby i think she's fantastic um and i really love i feel like the closest person to the way if one of the things by the way on my list to do is now do stand up why because i'm scared of it i'm very scared of stand up but i want to do it because i want to challenge myself but it's john mulaney i think john mulaney is so good and i feel like he's he you know he has the i was telling my husband he has the style that i think i have when i'm doing comedy like i do everything with like a smile and saying something really sarcastic so like i feel like that's very much in line you won't have a confidence issue because you mentioned the greatest joke writer of our times yeah he's fantastic um also one best storyteller i just it's just he's just a phenomenal storyteller I just didn't know what to say. That's so good. Um, also, one, uh, I think you should see this guy, Anthony Jeselnik. Um, Anthony Jeselnik, he is like, yeah, Jeselnik, sorry. He is like, oh my God, watching, the like, worst I could never asshole. do, yeah, I could never do his brand of comedy, but man, do I love it. So I love Jeselnik. I mean, especially as a young rebellious comedian, I was like, Jess- Jesselnik is like, oh, I fucking went there comic. But yes. once you see enough of Jesselnik, you're like, I see the structure. Okay. And then it's, it's a similar joke structure every time. Yeah, you're the best out of anybody who does that joke structure. Yeah. But more or less, the joke structure is the same. Jimmy yeah. Carr, who actually mixes up the joke structure. Who? Jimmy Carr. He's British. Okay, and like one of my favorite Jimmy Carr jokes, so problematic, but it's like uh, due to an investment in mosquito nets in Africa, we've managed to save millions of mosquitoes from needlessly dying of AIDS every year. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Jimmy Carr, fuck. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm very curious, like I said, because I've, again, the more I do the storytelling, like I think what I'd like to work towards is doing like a one woman show where it's like a storytelling. Like I could see myself doing like a Netflix special, which is like literally me telling you a story that's 
funny, but also has like some serious shit going on, you know? Might um, like Neil Brennan. Who? Neil Brennan. He's the co-creator of Chappelle Show. He did a special called Three Mics. Oh. So there are okay, three cool. mics. One of them is for jokes. One of them is for one-liners. And one of them is for real-life painful stories. Wow. It's fucking brilliant. Wow. But I'll like look at Nanette, it. Nanette has... And Kafi Mardongi This isn't front of comedy. Uh, yeah. Nanette has evolved the form itself. I think that, that is where the form is headed. So if you look at Dave Chappelle, yes, there's a lot of problematic jokes. Yeah. At this point, Dave Chappelle is more than a comedian. Dave Chappelle is a prophet. Dave Chappelle yeah. can talk about George Floyd for 18 minutes as a stand up video, which has nothing funny about it and is like the serious introspection about race and police brutality in America. And every single word is riveting. I don't know if you heard, he did an 18 minutes rant on uh, Viacom, I think it's Viacom, owning the Chappelle show. Okay. Talking about his own show, it's riveting. 18 minutes, you're just hooked listening to his gripe about somebody else owning something that he's created as an artist. Mm. That's beautiful. So that, that's where I do think the forms headed, that old hacky bit of, hey, we're going to have a stand-up comedy show. I think that's dead. I also think, I mean, so I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge who created Fleabag. Does she um, do stand-up? I haven't seen she a stand-up. Doesn't, she doesn't do stand-up. She comes purely from a theater background. Mm. But again, what I loved about watching that show was just the mix between seamlessly going from tragedy to comedy to tragedy to comedy and like really making you feel those moments. And uh, interestingly, like you mentioned Chappelle, like I saw Chappelle's SNL um, opening. And again, one thing I noticed a bit about Chappelle was again, he has this really great talent to go from something that's funny, but then layer it and seamlessly go into a layer of something real, like something very real. And you're like, wow, how did he get there? You know? So I think for me as a human being, like I do enjoy storytelling as a medium. And because I'm a merger between, again, comedy and tragedy in life, um, I think that's what I would like to work on. Like, I think that's the next thing I want to write, like just write a show and uh, just, you know, just perform that, you know. This is the problem when people are talented. I think one of the best comedians Pakistan's never had is Natasha Homera Ijaz. Because oh my God. Also, she's also the best fucking musician. She's so good. Her songs and her singing is so fucking phenomenal that we've missed out on the comedian. <laughs> Listen, no, she is easily, she's so funny. She just, I want her to structure it. Like I've told her many times, structure kya, it. Kya kare? She's great at everything. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, like her singing voice is one of the best we have. Like yeah. probably the best indie musician we've ever had in this country. So wo, and she's also the best improviser. She's so funny. She's so yeah. Tasha so is like a, a quadruple talent, you know, like she's like a billion talent. Like she's singer, dancer, actor, com- comedian, like what? It's just, yeah. 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 So I think you have to be too much talent. I'm, have- but I'm, I, like I said, I'm now exploring it. I'm we now okay with it. Got into it, but. You graduated from Lee Strasberg. I went to Strasberg in 2014. Yes, I did acting there, a conservatory program. Damn. And you came back to Pakistan, Uskabadni? 
Yeah, so I came back for a year. I think that's when I met you. We um, met at uh, Pantry, Danny Gazal. Oh, right. Yes. I, I thought it was Chatterbox. Is that still a thing? Zamzama wala jo hai. I think it was Jibbi, Danny, all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, they yeah, fucked yeah. up my burger twice. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, yeah, no. So I, I came back um, after Strasbourg because after doing Strasbourg, I decided that I wanted to full-time move to America to pursue my career. And I didn't want to pursue it in Pakistan. And in order to do that, I had to get um, the O-1, which is essentially an artist visa to move. Mm. So I was in that process at the time um, to move officially. So I got my O-1 and then I moved in 2016. Did you ever explore like acting opportunities in Pakistan or was that never on the cards? I did. I did. Um, I mean, obviously like I, so I started, I did the theater since I was 16. That's how we all know each other. Right. So I, I acted in the theater for the longest time. I did like one TV episode for some, uh, like Fesso Kreshi had a show and he wanted me to come on. But again, like people were just like, Urdu. Um, although now I'm realizing that doesn't even matter. But um, in the beginning, I thought like, this is insanity. Why do I have to lose this, this much weight? But I went to a film after party once and I'm not going to name names, but I saw a bunch of these actresses who are huge actresses and my God, like they're this, they're, they're just, their waists are nothing. And I was like, this is the culture. This is the industry. They want you to look a certain way. So yeah, I, I remember when I was going off to Strasbourg, I met this Pakistani TV actor. I will not name him. But Karachi with he and I, I'm, he's a friend's cousin or something. So he's like, Acha to aap bahir ja hai, acting padne. And I was like, Ji, bilko, go, si mera tha ki mein, you know. And he's like, acting jo hai na, art hai. Ato aap hai ya nahi hai. Agar aapko acting karni hai, aap isa ke bas, mein karato aapko, wo, aap drama mein aajai. Aap experience se now here's the thing with that i would say yes and no um because for me to say that you need training to be in the arts is a completely pompous bullshit thing to say because we have enough examples of artists actors filmmakers who have not spent a day in school we have the greats we have the masters who've done that it's a personal preference i knew since i was a child that i want to get trained i had heard of method acting my whole life where do you study method acting and then i came across lee strasberg and i was like okay i want to go to this school um i didn't have money growing up it was literally after um working yeah it was working after coke studio that i was able to like save money and then go and study so I, that's what i did you know but if you are an artist that wants training, it's good for you. It just because it exposes you, it, 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 it's a moment of your life where you channel everything else out. You just focus on your craft and you focus on making the mistakes that you can't always make on screen when you're when you're on a job, right? You won't get another job then, right? If you make that mistake. So school is to teach you the craft and that's what I went for. I learned the craft of, of acting or of, uh, specifically method acting because that's what I wanted to learn. 
But again, that I didn't learn from experience when I was doing the theater. Obviously I did. You know, mm. you, you learn and you create your own system. So it's, I always say it's a yes and no. I always tell people, if you are interested in whatever your craft is, go study it. Please study it because it, it's only going to help you. It only helps. Like one of the things I'm going to do now is like I studied improv when I was at Strasbourg and it taught me so much, you know, and it's like, now it's like, go take an improv class. It only strengthens your craft. It's also important to study different things, right? Improv at Strasbourg is very different from improv at UCB. Are you in New York? No, I'm in Philly, okay, close enough. which is right next to New York. So heavy, I think the UCB studio is 46th and 8th. Yeah, I've been to UCB a few times. Yeah, I've been to UCB a few times. Um, and getting classes at UCB is so hard because they fill up so fast. Diversity um, scholarship apply, Karo. That's the one I got. That's how I, I'm serious. That's how I got in. So, yeah, because otherwise, like, I've literally been like, I want to go to UCB um, just to, like, do that. But I think for now, I'm just going to stick with what I have in Philly. Last year, pre-corona, I was in New York City, like, four times a week. Because from Philly, it's a two-hour bus ride. So I was auditions auditions, classes. So I would just learn my lines in the bus and then go and do it. Give me like a crash course. What are like five things you learned at least Strasbourg, which were revolutionary? Uh, sense memory, um, which, is the, which is the concept that we experience life through our five senses. We don't experience life uh, intellectually, we experience it life sensorially. And like I said, because I'm a sucker for everything brain chemistry wise, everything that we're saying or doing, our brain is recording. So in order to create the reality of a scene, you don't create it just from understanding intellectually what's happening in the scene. You, re- you create the scene by what is happening sensorially in the scene and what, what you can bring the reality to it. Another thing that I've learned at Strasbourg that changed the way that I act is I used to think if I'm reading a character, I'm becoming a character. Yeah. You know, Sara uh, she is a hyper person who has these emotions, blah, blah, blah. So if I was doing a play, I'd be like, how do I become Sara? That's changed for me uh, post-Strasburg. Now it's become every character that you ever read, regardless of how different they are from you, you have a there's something about you that's inside that character already. But mm-hmm. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. But there are times in your life as an introvert where you feel free and loud and open, even if it is in the, like, the privacy of your home, right? So now with, 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 with method acting or with Strasbourg in particular, like, it's about bringing yourself to the character. Why is that important? Because if you bring the... the yourself then you're bringing reality to the character you're not concocting it then you're not creating it out of like she's a she's a she's an anxious person no no i'm bringing my anxiety to the scene right and then it makes it becomes organic and real um the third thing that i'm gonna say that uh really changed my perspective which it's it sounds very obvious but never I used to be told all the time, uh, Irma Sandre, she taught me, she was like in her 80s. She's like one of the few people that trained with Lee Strasberg. She acted with Al Pacino. You know, she was a great and she, she passed away a few years ago. So I was very fortunate to have trained with her. She would always tell me, don't go for the emotion, go for the reality. Don't go for the emotion, go for the reality. Mm. And like, Barbara, go for the emotion, don't go for the emotion. Because when we read that, 
the scene says that this person is upset, we go like, okay, I have to be upset now. The, the scene is demanding being upset. But if I want to be upset and I'm going off of it intellectually, then I'm just going to pretend to be upset. And, you know, see, a lot of actors fake it till they make it, right? They'll fake it and they'll fake it really well. But you will know, like, yeah. we'll know is it coming from a real place or not. So again, don't go for the, the, the emotion, go for the reality. And when you go for the reality, the emotion comes out naturally. One of the techniques we have is uh, bringing in animate or inanimate objects into a scene. So I often, you know, when I've taught this to students as well, I've often told them that like, let's say my, my character is experiencing an abortion or she's a, a miscarriage, right? And it, she's experiencing loss. Now I've never had a miscarriage in life. So how can I do that, right? If it's about reality. Yeah, but you've experienced loss. You've experienced loss in some shape or form. So how do I bring my feeling of loss, right? I will bring in, as an example, even though you, the rule is you never tell people what you're bringing in because it's deeply personal, you know, but often I'll just bring in my father. My father passed away, right? Now, if I bring him in intellectually and I'm thinking about him, I can talk about my dad dying till the end of time, right? Because it's fact. But if I suddenly find little cues, from his existence. If I reach out in the scene, you know, and without them knowing, if I reach out and I'm like, I suddenly just feel the texture of his hand on my hand, right? And I believe, and I just remember, let, again, don't go for the emotion of what's gonna happen. Just tell your brain, remember the detail. It's all in the details. Remember the texture of his fingers. And as I remember the texture of his fingers, whatever comes out, it now starts becoming real. Like it becomes difficult for me to do. I've experienced loss and I'm bringing that loss now into my scene, right? Because it's real. So those are the things that I think are really I'm gonna like- cut this part out and send it to all my NAPA students. Because these are The problem is, our here acting acting, acting. The worst directors are directors who tell you is scene to because that means yeah. nothing to an actor. If you're a trained actor, that means nothing to you. What does it mean? What And Lee Strasberg, which obviously historically was the group theater, which historically was Stanislavski, the method of physical action was that you have given circumstances, history, and if you're truly there, if you're truly there, and obviously the most famous examples are that we misnomers. Bhi Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. to Lincoln Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln No, you need the character. That's so. not method acting. There's a very common misconception that you have to that that that's method acting, that they're always that's not what it is at all, actually. Um, the reason Hamlet is interesting is because every single person brings something else to Hamlet. The reason you can watch Hamlet 70 times and find something else is because yes, the writing is so good that but every single actor brings something to it. Andrew Scott's Hamlet is nothing like Benedict's and Hamlet. I'm Absolutely. Sorry, and one, one of the concepts that I really like, it's a, it's a Russian word from the, from the Moscow Art Theater, which is Pareshivanie. And Pareshivanie basically means re-experiencing life. My cousin's right? name is Pareshivanie. I know, Pareshivanie. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> yeah, so it, it literally means re-experiencing life. And that is the craft of acting, where it's you're re-experiencing something and making it real. So I always find it really fascinating and it's really changed how I, how I act or how I view acting as a medium. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's just, you know, uh, there's a lot of conversations around it. Like you have to, especially in training and in school, if you're asking students again to re-experience something, mm -hmm. then, you know, you're asking for a certain level of vulnerability and then you hear about actors going too far off, right? And hurting themselves because they're living out a previous trauma. So that's where the training comes in when you need to know when to turn it off, snap out, turn it off, snap out, give yourself something out, you know, to get out of it. And uh, that takes time. And it's again, practice. You know? I recently started watching Marvelous Mr. Maisel and I've yeah. got uh, his name, Gavin something, the painter, who paints something which is so beautiful that Pollock was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then Mr. Maisel looks at it and is like, why don't you sell it? And he's like, what if we only have a certain amount of hurt or emotions in us and everything that I had, all of my being, I've put into this painting and I have nothing left. I'm like, fuck, yeah, you leave so much on the table that when you come back home, there's like, so here I podcast since you said a lot of things that my therapist also says, help me with this. I used to do so many plays. I used to act so much. Then I went did my master's in theater. And for the past five years, I've been intellectualizing things so much. I've been in my head so much. Everybody was like, oh, Shadad just come back after doing his master's in theater. What the fuck will he do? Oh my God, what will Shadad do next? I couldn't get that monkey off my back because I was like, fuck, pressure, pressure. People already know me as a comedian. Shit, book ticket thing, shit. That part because eventually the buzz died. They're like, kuch nahi karega, But still, I intellectualize things so much that I can't get out of my head anymore. And I just feel like it's just, I'm intellectualizing it all. And I need to let all of that go. Any tips? I mean, I think I did that for a lot of my life. You know, I always say like I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> because for, for the longest time, I was, uh, my artistic integrity was too much, right? my artistic integrity about, I will only create if it is this, you know, or it has to be that good, otherwise, nah. And um, I spent many years doing that. And I just, like I said, I reached a point in my life where it was, I know it's very cliche, but it, it was really just the thought of one's own mortality about the idea that I'm, I have a limited amount of time and I'm not relieving all of this that's in my mind and all these stories that I have to tell. Um, when I was a kid, I remember again, my Urdu is always a problem, but when I was in Urdu class, I remember there was a poem. You know how it reaches you at some point. Um, I don't even remember what poem it was or who the shire was. I just remember the tashri, the, 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 the right? And it was that when the poet basically said that when they die and they're waiting for the angels to come and talk to them, the angels, you know, will, I think God appears and says, right. And that really st stuck with me as a kid 
that if I have all these ideas and thoughts, you know, if, if I have a thought, if I want to sing, I should sing. If I have, and I'm like, I don't want to be 80 and think that I never explored those things. It wasn't, I, I, I'm removing the pressure of it being good, right? Um, Gibran actually says this all the time to me because obviously I'm self-critical as an artist. Never let, you know, uh, great be the enemy of good, right? Like it, it, we need to make peace with something just being good you know, and not making all these waves. And you, one of the most surprising things about my content or when I've been, you know, as a storyteller, when I've written things and done things is I've been surprised by the moment I've released it. It's done a lot better than I thought it would, you know, because we are the ones it's in our heads, right? Mm. We're the one who are, who are overthinking, over intellectualizing. Like, am I talking about this? Am I talking about that? People, the audience is going to receive it in any way they want to. And I've been really fortunate that a lot of things that I've said or done have been really successful because I've just let it go. And, and um, uh, critique is it's something that we teach in film as well. Critique is an essential part of the creation process. Feedback is an essential part. Um, you have to understand that you create, you've done the mehnet of creating and letting your soul out, but you've also gone through the technical aspects of creating, right? Writing is a technical craft as well. Filming is a technical, you know, anything is a, you've gone through that, you've learned through that. Then you've received the feedback, the critique, take what makes sense, forget what is just hate and trolling, and then move on to the next one because you're building your skills. You're just building. And, you know, hits and misses happen all the time, all the time. And that's okay. I think one of the greatest things about the digital sphere is that this is the first time where we can make anything low production value, low production quality, because we're just putting ourselves out there. So this is a great, the digital sphere is a great place for experimentation. You're not making a film here. Do you understand? You're not. It's not about hits. The things I hate the most are the things that have gone most viral. I don't think people even know I'm the 50 shades of gray in Urdu guy. <laughs> that video just, went crazy. If somebody mentions that to me, I'm like, don't ever fucking speak to me. It's not allowed for you to say that. So it's, it's yourself. Like it's, it's, it's not even a fear of failure. Cause aap, but that's what I'm saying. Shazad. I don't want to be 80 and look back and think and that's, that's, that's the most brilliant. I think uh, bath in all of this. Cause research of deathbed statements. And the person said, people, only regretted what they didn't do. Nobody regretted what they did. The only regrets yeah. people had before dying were all the things they did not do. So you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> so brilliant, Shana. Thanks a lot for this cathartic conversation. Thank you. I'm excited to now see what you get up to. No, no. I, again, for me, it's not even, I don't even give a fuck about the quality. I just want to see you do it. Do whatever. No, no. No one gives a shit. Just give me a, give me a rapid fire. Favorite play? Uh, favorite play? August Osage County. Okay. Uh, uh, cake. Cake. It's quite similar. It's our version of August Osage County. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the film. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. you're like, wait, what? Everything is cake. Is that the Twitter trend? Uh, favorite film? Mm, Little Miss Sunshine. Favorite actor? Oh fuck! 
I hate answering these questions because it's like it's never going to be the one that I actually mean. So it's like, fine. this is a you bad... Name like ten. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Kang Ho Sang. He's a, he's a South uh, Korean cinema actor. Fantastic. Is he in Parasite? Because that, I think, is the best... Yes, he's the main ever. guy. Oh, I think he's the dad. I think Parasite is the greatest film that's ever been made. I know recency bias is a but... Every frame so, of that movie is is a story. It's so I've seen a lot of South Korean cinema, and I will tell you that Parasite isn't even the best of that of Jun Ho Bong's career. It isn't. It what, isn't even what's, the best. What's what's his best movie? Memories of Murder, I think. Or wait, Did let me. You check. think that's better than Parasite? I thought Memories of Murder was really great. Wait, let me see Jun Ho Bong. You know, it's the giant pig. There's the train one, Snowpiercer, Okja. Uh, yeah, I love Memories of Murder. Mother was really great. Okja was really great. Um, Okja was not bad. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Memories of Murder is fantastic. I think Memories of Murder is really, really very good. Favorite Pakistani actor? Are we going with male? Is this a, you know? Actor is actor the gender neutral, yeah. Okay, uh, I love Nimra Butcha. I think she's really cool. Yeah, I love Nimra Butcha. She's great. She knows it. Cool. Thanks a lot, China. Hope this was fun for you. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I love how, like, for me, like, the, the, the sun, did you seasons. notice? Four seasons. <laughs> We've lived a full day. You know, when you edit this, you should just write, like, Keep flipping the, changing the time. Just make it look like it would happen over 24 hours. <laughs> this is go like this was 7 a.m. experiment. Uh, I call <laughs> this piece the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks a lot for sharing so much. Uh, Likewise. Thank you for sharing with me. I'm glad we had this conversation here. Yeah. I think we've been adjacent for far too long. We have like yeah. 200 mutual friends. But yeah. we've never really had a proper conversation. No, no, it's just no, I'm glad wrong place, wrong time. Or right place, right time. You met right the best now. version. You met the best version. Maybe Pansal Asshole. You know, we have certain ideas. You meet somebody on a bad day and you're like, fuck that person. Well, I just know I met, uh, and this is sending Danny P some love, but I met you with Danny and any friend of Danny is a friend of mine. I love Danny, but Danny's also one of those, if you meet him on a bad day, <laughs> you could most definitely have the wrong idea about Danny. So, <laughs> love Danny to bits. I'm trying to podcast him and date Sal's question, but don't worry. That will make this happen. He's the, like one of the best friends I made out of Karachi. Like when I, I was new in Karachi and he really just made me feel like home. Amazing. He's also the best. I may be biased, but he's also one of the best musicians and definitely the best DJ that we have. He's fucking brilliant. musician that we have in this yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. Like amazing person. Please check out Alien Panda Jury on SoundCloud. Please question. do. Or if you want to go really back, go back to Orange Noise. Uh, shoegazing. If you're into shoegazing, I think that's what the genre is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, also check out Talha Tolkrain, who's also in Orange Noise. 
और भी पीछे जाना है आप लोगों ने सेवन ऑन थर्ड रीडिंग थैंक यू सो मच फॉर कमिंग ऑन टेक केयर एवरीबडी बाय बाय